live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. So good to have Morgan Reagan back in studio today. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Yeah, Chris Verlade, too. Happy All-Star break. Welcome back. Happy All-Star break. It's great to be back in studio, baby. What was that? Whatever. Who cares? Why can't I just do whatever the hell I want? No, you you absolutely can, but I can react however the hell I want. And what was that reaction about? It was just a weird, like, I'm back in studio, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Here's my question. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just, like, appreciate my energy? A little corny. What are you? What are you? What do you define yourself as? Trendy. Oh. Exciting. Oh. Engaging. Entertaining. Corny is not even close to me. Deuce, are you saying you're the definition of Riz? <laughs> I'm definitely, I definitely am Riz. Okay, if you're going to try and use a Gen Z or term, use it oh, no, cool. No, that's the cool thing about Gen Z. We can define it we, how we want we. to. Okay. So I am the Riz. Mm. I am the charisma. That's fine to say. No, I've got the Riz. Like, you got to have some <laughs> swag with it. Okay. God, you're so... Okay, spoken like a true millennial. Hey, welcome in. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. We are on 11 to 2 p.m. And we got a jam-packed show. The All-Star break is here, but... There's still a lot to go over, and we have to take a look at the big picture of the NBA. Yeah. So many big stories. I want to know today, we're going to be talking about best story in the league. Best story with the Kings. Uh Uh-huh. Biggest disappointment maybe in the league and with the Kings. We could talk about that. I like that. I like that. Coach of the year so far, exec of the year, MVP. We're going to have an NBA extravaganza today on the show. Down with it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate everyone being here, too. Hanging out with us. If you're at YouTube.com slash Town Sports 1140, hit that thumbs up because all it does is help this channel grow so more and more people know what we got going on here at Sacktown Sports. Morgan, the All-Star break is here. Uh, before we got there, the Kings had one last game. They lose in Phoenix last night to the Suns in a tough game. 120 to 109. De'Aaron Fox, a 35 point game. He had some big moments, hit four threes in the game, but the Suns were far too much for Sacramento. And you really saw some of their weaknesses on full display against a really good Suns team. That's it. And I think sometimes people, um, I know going into it, were like, they don't have KD. So, you know, what are you going to do? And they, they didn't have KD before either, right? Like, they still have a good team. Whether their culture has been up and down uh, from last season into this season, they have good players, they have a good system, they have a good coach. And last night, you saw the way that it was coming together. And I love, love what De'Aaron Fox was doing, but you're exactly right. Seeing some of those flaws, especially on the defensive end, <sighs> points in the paint, it was killer. Aiton destroyed them in that yep. game. DeAndre Aiton is playing the best basketball of his career right now. Yeah. And the year didn't start off great for him, but he had a big-time impact. And I thought, one, we knew the Kings, we know the Kings did not defend him well. But on the other end, I thought he really impacted things with his length. And if we take a look at, at the Kings... This is who, who, who do they struggle against? Teams with length. 
it's crazy too because it's not like DeAndre Ayton is some elite shot blocker. In no. fact, he doesn't even block one shot per game this season in the NBA. But the difference is he's got this seven six wingspan, and the Kings, for whatever reason, let that get in their head. I think too much when they got to attack more. This guy's not blocking a ton of shots. Now he could he does well. It's not just about blocking shots, as we know. It's about contesting at the rim. He could do that. But man, you, you don't be afraid of this guy. That's it. And it's- I felt like offensively they weren't attacking enough because they were thinking, oh, this guy's long. Yeah, and we know how they've struggled with length um, throughout this entire season. And last night you look at uh, his length and how he utilized it. Two blocks, four steals. Hands in the passing lane, hands straight up. I mean, he was just everywhere defensively, right? And so you talk about the Kings trying to score in the paint. They ended up with 40 points in the paint where it was just tough for them to get things going. They started getting things going more in the second half, realizing, okay, we got to go into this guy. I think they've had the same struggle with some other bigs that they have played before. Rudy Gobert, but when they had that Gobert, back-to-back game. He has a reputation of being an elite shot blocker. Aiden does not. But my point is, my point is even that that length is what was disrupting the way that they were, oh, wait, we can go into him. So they started doing that a little bit more in the second half going downhill. But still, DeAndre Ayton stepped up and was doing just a fantastic job defensively. And then defensively, it's just there are too many breakdowns. The Suns play with such great pace. I could tell they were feeling themselves a little bit. I don't know if it's this like, hey, post-Kevin Durant trade, we got him. He's in the building tonight. Devin Booker is feeling good. His first home game back. But it just felt like... Everyone was kind of firing on all cylinders, right? Yeah. Like Chris Paul, who had been struggling, started to knock down some shots. The guy had 19 assists last night. It was incredible. But they were getting the paint touches. And they were getting by their guy, getting in the paint, kicking it out. And all of a sudden, the defense is scrambling. I thought the Kings also got destroyed in the pick and roll. Sabonis had a really rough night defensively. And, you know, for as big as Sabonis is, we talk about wingspans. He's not exactly a long guy. I think his wingspan is 6'11". So it's not... He's not super long. And when you've got DeAndre Ayton, who can get you on the short roll, can get you in the pick and roll, can hit that mid-range shot, when that mid-range is falling, it's tough to defend because it's so – yeah, it's really high up there. The the release is so high up there. Even when Sabonis is contesting, it doesn't really do much. And it's a pretty shot. It has finesse on it, you know. So for a big that can step back and get that going, he just looked inspired last night, right? He was playing with so much more energy than you have seen him. And I think that... Inspir- That's been the rap on him. And it Totally. We're talking and, about Aiden, right? Yes. yes. And I think I think that inspiration, like we were just talking about, with KD in the building, with that trade there, it's like he's feeling a different sort of way about this Suns team, this organization. I mean, especially, you know, you have... Uh, a GM that is willing to do so much more and make so many other moves to make this team a true contender in the Western Conference, how could that not put you in a good mood? DeAndre Ayton comes across to me. Of course, I don't know him. Yep. But you don't? No, I do not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's one of the connects, but I just haven't had the one time. One of the few. Yeah. One of the, one okay. of the few. Um, yeah. He's, when he's feeling good about his offensive game. Mm hmm. Everything else is better. He, he's a grumpy guy. Like, my just watching him, when he's not engaged offensively, when he's maybe not getting the touches he believes he should get, mm-hmm. maybe not getting the offensive production that he wants, it impacts the rest of his game 
in a negative way. Last night, he felt he got in the good offensive groove, was able to score on Sabonis, was knocking down the mid-range shot. That all of a sudden, the rest of his game, he's super engaged. Will Z in our chat right now, shout out to Will Z. Will Z. Amazing stats he drops on Twitter all the time. Noted that Aiton had seven deflections last night. That's just great. That's fantastic. Yeah, and (laughs) that just shows his level of engagement. So, yeah, he was a problem last night for the Sacramento Kings. I thought Sabonis worked him on the other end a lot, too. And Sabonis was getting so much attention last night, which, again, makes life more challenging. Sabonis has to deal with DeAndre Ayton, who's in this offensive groove. And on the other end, he's got to deal with Ayton and whatever else the Suns are throwing at him. The Suns play with physicality, and I think that's the greatest lesson for this Kings team as they're trying to start this journey of being a playoff team and maybe be a playoff team for years to come is you have to understand that these teams who have been in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. Memphis, Denver, Golden State, Phoenix, they know how to play tough. Yep. They're going to beat you up because they know what it takes to make these deep runs. You've got to find a way to muster it and match that physicality and not not buckle down. I'm not saying they buckled down. Last night the Kings were competitive, but you could you 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 could tell that Phoenix is just far more physical than Sacramento. Yeah, and I feel like there have been games where even that second game against the Mavs on Saturday night where they pushed through everything mentally, physically. They found a way to be the team that was going to outlast the Mavs. And I think with a game like last night, it's not that I would ever even question effort or anything in a game like last night. Um, But at the same time, when you look at those moments of just like battling through someone or going at someone's body and trying to go through them instead of being like hey there's a lot of action there's a lot of presence in the paint let me just try and work on our outside game luckily luckily the outside game was working for the sacramento kings last night which it hasn't been um the last couple so seeing some of those shots fall from the outside i'm sure gave them some confidence but i also didn't want them to start settling when it got there toward the end of the game like four minutes left maybe it was Yo, if you want to start winning this game, you got to start taking some of those outside Dude. shots. And they were sloppy last night. Yeah. I mean, was it 17 turnovers turned into 25 <laughs> points, something Correct. like that? That's bad. You know, that's you're not going to win games like that on the road when you turn the ball over that much. And I thought Mike Brown noted something post game that was crazy. The Suns had eight offensive rebounds that turned into 20 second chance points. That's an insanely high number. They were 8 of 10 on second chance points. Uh, Jim in the YouTube chat. Appreciate you guys in the YouTube chat. We read the comments during the show. So if you guys got topics, questions, things you want to say, you could do it there or on the phones. 339-1140-1800-920-1140. Jim says the Kings guards can't stay in front of anybody. And then it's downhill, roll to the paint, leaving our big screwed. Is this a lack of length, lack of athleticism, or lack of understanding? Um, Great question. Can we just say all of the above in some ways? Because... I think the understanding is getting better, mm-hmm. but like last night, I think putting Kevin Hurt, not that the Kings have like the best options to put on a guy like Devin Booker, who's an all NBA talent, mm-hmm. but Kevin Herter was getting blown by, by Booker every time. And he he's a guy him. with a high IQ, you know, high IQ defender, gets hands in the passing lanes. And he had some nice deflections from behind at sure, three blocks. Sure, but, had one stripped and yeah. off of Devin Booker's uh, thigh, but at the same time, just because you're a high IQ player, like going back to that question on our YouTube chat, it's... The other things, it's about physically having that one extra step through um, over the screen or getting through or having someone stunt the guy with the ball so then your recovery is faster. You just, 
that is where, yes, different personnel and learning how to fight through those moments at a higher level are really going to need to take place. We'll get more on this game coming up. we got so much to get to NBA-wise. A couple of NFL stories, too, that are interesting. We'll be back in 60 seconds on the radio side. This is Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. and Mo on Sacktown Sports. There's a Kogi in the far corner. A pass deflected by Davis, grabbed by Paul. Down to four on the possession. Paul going to go for the long rainbow two. He scores it on the right wing. It's 118-109. And Phoenix is on the threshold of closing the gap on the Kings in the Western Conference. That Suns team is legit. They don't have Kevin Durant yet. They are pushing in the Western Conference, trying to get back and uh, pass the Sacramento Kings. These two teams still play two more times this year. Scary times ahead. Not No, no, no. For everyone. For everyone yeah. that's taken on this Sun squad. I think um, when you think about the addition of Kevin Durant, and we can take a step back and go, oh, you never know how it's going to work. You you see what this product is, um, where Chris Paul has altered his role as a point guard in this league, where Devin Booker has taken this leap in his game with Kobe-esque like mid-range game, you know, with that footwork where he releases, gets to his spots. You add Kevin Durant in that mix, you never you're never talking heavy ball dominant. Like he's a guy that will also get his but knows how to utilize his teammates as well. And on top of that, Deuce, we were talking about this last night. I mean, you got a guy like TJ Warren coming off the bench. You got a Kogi. I mean, there's other pieces to this squad. Yeah, I think that's one thing that some people have brought up. It's like, oh, do the Suns have the depth? Look, they've got KD now, Booker, Paul, Aiton. That's legit. Mm -hmm. I think Torrey Craig is a nice vet who's been on winning teams. Can you get Cameron Payne back and healthy and contributing like he did a couple years ago? That would be significant. You know, Sham has been dealing with a foot thing that's kind of been lingering. I like TJ Warren. I I think they have a legit squad. I mean, obviously everything is based on health when you talk about some of these teams near the top. But if healthy, yeah, it looks disgusting. Devin Booker is legit. I I do. I was curious to get your thoughts on this and people in the chat too. Does the Sun situation give you even more hope for the Kings? Because not that they have been like, Perfect, especially last year. They had the abysmal finish okay. to the season where they lost game seven to Dallas, right? <laughs> but they won 60 games. And I think some people are forgetting how good Phoenix was the last couple of years. They've been really good. Okay. Maybe Durant's that missing piece. But my point is, pre-bubble, when we had the shutdown, people were like, why are they being invited to the bubble? And remember, they went undefeated in the bubble, didn't make the playoffs. And it was that like, was oh, start. okay, what? This might be the next year they land Chris Paul. It changes everything, right? They make it to the NBA Finals. They lose to the Bucks. Even that was, why is Chris Paul going there? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. But Devin Booker had something last night. Just He was asked about Kevin Durant. And he said, we were probably the laughing stock of the NBA about four or five years ago. And just turning it around to something serious to championship contenders is a quick turnaround for us. So we take a lot of pride in what we've built here. For us to be a destination that Kev wanted to come to is a big sign of that. To show respect of what we've done so far. We still have more to do, but we're moving in the right direction. I mean, they were the laughing stock. Mm-hmm. People were 
crapping on Devin Booker. How good is he? I mean, I questioned it sometimes. Like, is he that good? I mean, they can't win. Sure. And what do you know? You add Chris Paul, Monty Williams. Mm. The front office looks legit, right? Different and had, structure. And now Kevin Durant wanting to go there. Like, again, if you went back four years, people are like, this is just as bad as Sacramento. Wild. Wild. And that's why, too, I think um, when you do look at just the individual of Devin Booker and the leap he's taken in his game and the the tier of player he is now in in the NBA, um, it's night and day. And if you want to compare it, and again, people get so scared when you compare any players or anyone. I'm not comparing games. I'm not comparing careers. I'm just comparing. Just say it, coward. The concept. And thank you. The concept of De'Aaron Fox taking that leap and headed toward a different tier That's of point guard. That's not bad guard. to say. I mean, it's I think not, you've seen it. But Deuce, people, people in Sacramento are like, yeah, but I need to see it translate into one winning season before I believe. And I'm totally with that. It's been 16 years, right? And it's like, how many times do we see De'Aaron Fox have those flashes? It's not translated into these big years Finally, this year, what happens? Uh, uh, just like we talked about with the Suns, you got a new coach setting a different standard. You have a front office that is understanding and believing what the right type of basketball is. Mm. You add Sabonis, a two-time, not three-time all-star. Think about that. What? Whoa. Mike Brown is Monty Williams. De'Aaron Fox is Devin Booker. Sabonis is... Sacramento's Chris Paul. Yes, yes, yes. Who's the Kings? Kevin Durant. Katie says, so what you're saying is that next year we're landing Jalen Brown, and in three years Giannis is coming to Sacramento, and then the Kings are winning 15 titles. Save this audio for when it happens. (laughs) I mean, it does go to show you, like, you can change your culture if you do make the right moves, right? And And it's the right coach, it's the right players around, and so, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's crazy how far the Suns have come, and it's not like they've not experienced pain. Losing sucks, and the way they lost last year, I think. I mean, even going into this season, I did not. I was out on the Suns. Yeah, because you had DeAndre Ayton going at it with Monty Williams in the playoff game. They just fold in a game seven. Jay Crowder doesn't want to be there. Their owner Robert Sarver is a d bag, right? Like D-bag, there are so good. many things going up against them. Now they've got a new owner. I don't know if he's a good guy or not, but. Whatever they they were able to land Kevin Durant at the trade deadline and make a very significant move. Land Kevin Durant without getting rid of their core. I mean, Bridges has been really good. Wait, what? Bridges has been really good, but But yeah, yeah, yeah. But their core, like it still doesn't matter. I think he was part of the core, but you have to sacrifice an element of the core to get better. Let's be let's be real. Like when you think (laughs) of core, though, you do think of like. Big threes and dynamic duos, and that's where Booker and Aiton and um, Chris Paul come in, right? And Bridges is absolutely a great player in this league. I'm even saying great player. I think I think his value, at his position as a long, lengthy dude that not only can create on the offensive end but play defense and is a smart player, like a great player in this league. Absolutely. But at the same time, you were going to have to get rid of something good. You didn't have to really screw up the whole core. A pain, by the way, in the chest. You know, I don't like this comparison. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's, so, it's not so much that you want to be the Suns 2.0. I think my larger point is you had an organization that was in pure chaos, dysfunction, couldn't win at all. They were missing draft picks left and right. Big playoff drought. 
and they were quickly able to turn this around, and the Kings look like they might be headed in a direction where they're turning this around. It doesn't mean it has to follow the Suns' blueprint. It's just more like, hey, it's kind of crazy what happens when you hire like good people and like establish a culture. Basketball and, minds. Yeah, right? And then on top of that, if you, you could go two different ways, which I've said it. You could go the Suns' way where you build on something, build on something to where you are a contender year after year. Yeah. Or you could be the Timberwolves who made that run to the playoffs and then were crappy for a bit. Mm-hmm. Then made it to the play-in and they're just like, ugh, are and they even getting back? And now they may not even get there this year. And that's what's wild about that strategy for some teams is that how many times did people want that here in Sacramento? Oh, yeah. Like, just push and get to the playoffs. Just get Rondo, get Rudy Gay and push and get to the playoffs. And it's like, that's not sustainable. Sustainable. Yeah. When you looked at me, you knew that was going to be a drop immediately. I did. I did. Monty McNair would like that because he's ta- he's always preaching about like, hey, we've got to be sustainable. Let's get sustainable, sustainable. Do you like that? No, that one okay. is a swing and a miss. That's a force. <laughs> no, you forced it. That was that was a buddy healed shot. Oh, you missed it. Well, keep shooting. Uh, we'll talk some more Kings coming up. We got to get to some NBA awards throughout the show. If you have any of um. You want to give out some awards, too. What's the best story in the NBA? Mm-hmm. I put this out on our Discord earlier. Everyone was like, oh, it's the beam team. It's Sacramento. I know we're in Sacramento, but legitimately, if we could try to pull ourselves out of Sacramento, are the Kings the best story in the NBA at the All-Star break? <sighs> okay. Think about that. I'll think about it. We'll talk about it next on Sackdown Sports. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. If you were with us during the break on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. You would have learned a lot. Yeah, you would have thought we were on some vitamins today because we <laughs> spent, I think, the entire break talking about pigeons. Fascinating animals. Yeah. I'm sure if you want to And they are, they are real, just yeah. to let everyone know. It's disputed, but if you say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've been talking about the Kings' loss last night to the Suns. We have reached the All-Star break, and the best news ever is that the Kings are going to have nine days off between games. Their next game is not until Thursday, February 23rd, at home against the Blazers. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. Now, I remember uh, seeing their record going into last night. Uh, When they have arrested Van... When they have more than two days off, they're now four and nine. That's what it is. Oh, my yep. God. You're right. I know. And what so, is this thing? So now I'm a little scared of all of this rest that's coming up for them. Are they going to lose it all and not even understand how Dude. to play basketball? How weird is that that the Kings, when they have two days or more of rest this season, they're yeah. four and nine. That's awful. You would. I. I we petition the league. They just play every day. It's I, like baseball. <laughs> The Kings don't lose. Uh, their their legs are just I, so tired. I think I know what to do. What? I haven't seen anything of the Harmon Globetrotters. Couple exhibition games at the Globetrotters. Mm. Get those losses out of the way yeah. and then get right back in the season. That's really smart. That's really, really smart. Millions and millions of dollars, these players just going out there on a court in a game that doesn't even matter and they could get hurt. Really, mm-hmm. really smart. Uh, yeah, I agree. Just uh, watch out for the pails with water. <laughs> um... <laughs> You can hit us up. Yes. So many ways to do it. YouTube.com slash Sports 1140 Also, if you want to use your voice and actually communicate with us, 
Who actually calls people on the phone? Not many people, but we will do it here. 1-800-920-1140-916-339-1140. I threw out some random stuff. We're going to dive into ours later. Sure. But just like, what's the best story in the NBA this year? Yeah. The biggest disappointment. Um, the MVP, exec of the year, coach of the year. Let's talk about it all today as we are at the All-Star break. Let's kick things off with Trevor. What's up, Trevor? What's going on, man? It's good to talk to you guys today. What is up, my man? Congratulations on the show. I, I've been meaning to call in for a few weeks, but, you know, you, it, it's a weird time of day. It's a weird time of hey, day. It, but, it, but hey, I, I agree I, with you. I, what day is it, you know? <laughs> I think it's Wednesday. I think you're I think right. It is. Oh, I nailed it. Good cool, job, cool. Man. The old man is right for once. Good job, old hey, man. Anyway, I, I, I just appreciate that, Mo. That that is who I am. I am the old man. I, I, I just wanted to just throw a shout out to the Kings in general this year. Nobody had it on their Kings bingo card for them to be in the third seat going into the all-star break. And I hope all four of these starters, I hope they all mail it in. I, I want them to just sit in, in ice buckets yeah. and take all the pictures yes. and, and, and wave for the cameras and not do anything that any of these other coaches tell them to do. I we have other things to take care of. Love this And on idea. that note, I will tap out. Oh. I, I love you guys, and I will gladly tap out. You guys have a great show. Okay? All right, Trevor. Thanks, so old it. man Trev. Old man Trev. Uh, you see this? What's it say? It says bingo card. What's that say? Kings? Kings. Third, third seed. Third seed. Kings third? third seed. He said no one had it on the bingo. I literally just pulled this out of my backpack. Bingo card. If you Kings laugh, I swear I will come in there and knock that laugh out of your stupid face. Are you talking to Chris? Yeah, I am. He's laughing at this stupid joke. We just, we started the show and I said one thing and I was like, yeah, how excited. And Juice is like, that's corny. Shut up. Sit down, Morgan. You just brought out a stupid piece of paper to make a bingo card to make a joke going off of what trevor just said that was the stupidest thing why are you still laughing i'm a prop comic no no <laughs> i can't be that's the good thing with me i could do stand up but i i'm able to be a prop comic too and i happen to have this with me you encourage this bs you know that you know that that's not sustainable bingo card you're lucky i'm good at those I drops can't believe i still had it on me that's that's wild <laughs> So uh, it's good to have perspective. And it, look, look, Trevor's whole big picture, I think, is about perspective. Uh-huh. Uh, I know the Kings lost last night. It wasn't a great game. Some of their flaws were exposed. We're going to talk more about, like, the issues at the backup five and backup point guard, too, that we got to get to. Oh, yeah. They're 32 and 25 at the All-Star break. Let's play a game called If I Would Have Told You. I love this game. If I Would Have Told You. Morgan, if I would have told you mm-hmm. before the season at the All-Star okay. break, the Kings would be seven games above 500, the number three seed in the West. Oh, and by the way, they'd have two All-Stars. Where are you signing? Are you signing immediately? Or are you signing up for it? Yeah, but I'm also thinking I'm signing something with the devil. I would be like, there's mm-hmm. no way that this is okay, that this is actually going to happen. Again, not because I think negative bad thoughts about what this team was capable of at that time. That just sounds a little too good to be true in this 
first full season of Mike Brown in this squad, and that's where they're at. So the perspective is enjoy the moment. Enjoy. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect. It's no. far from perfect. And you, you're seeing – what you're seeing right now, too, the Kings at the number three seed. But yeah. like I've been saying for weeks now, because they've been at the number three spot for a minute – it's not a real number three seed. What? It's not. Oh, what does that mean? It just means there are teams that are behind them that are better. And that's okay. It, it, I just want them in the top six. It's clear when you watch them against other teams, more experienced teams, uh-huh. there is a gap. There's a gap between Denver and Sacramento. There's a gap between Memphis and Sacramento. There's a gap now between the Suns and Sacramento, especially post-trade with Booker back. The Clippers, there's a gap when healthy, and they're starting to put it together. They've kind of retooled what they have. Yeah. There's a gap there. Now you start going Kings and Dallas? I think there's a debate there. Kings and Pelicans right now with Pelican with Zion that I can't trust to be there? Oof. It, it, it can still be challenging because they have length. Okay. But, you know, the playoff series, who knows? Minnesota, they're better than Minnesota. Golden State, I don't know how to feel about the Warriors right, right. now. I just don't. I mean, are you even going to have GP2? Utah, you know? better than Utah. Uh-huh. Portland, better than Portland. OKC is up and coming. They may not be better next year. Who knows? But my point is, it's the more experienced teams in the West that have this clear advantage. And I think it's experience. I think some of it's star power. It's personnel. It's physicality. And for the Kings to take that next step as a team, we're talking about the next couple of years to continue to retool this roster and get yeah. it to be like championship contenders. You got to go through it. You got to go through it. And I think so many times we want it now. Like I was getting the debates on our discord today. Some people are like, man, of course you were. my guy Drew Mack talking about uh, Keegan. Oh, Drew Mack. How is he? He only played 20 minutes last night. Look, I want Keegan to play more too. The guy's. Averaging just under 30 minutes a night mm-hmm. as the number four pick in the draft on a winning team. That's a huge win to me. He is showing a lot out there, and he, you know, it's not perfect yet, but that's okay. I just think some of this is just experience. Everyone wants it now. They want Keegan to be, I want to be that guy now. Dude, that 98 99 team, the first year they made the playoffs when everyone was excited in Sacramento. Yeah. They got bounced in five games to the Jazz. Like, Deuce. Everybody wants everything yeah. now. I mean, that's just how the sports world works, right? Why do you think people fire coaches after a bad season, after one bad season? It's like, yeah. nope, not good enough. Like, no one understands patience anymore. And the teams that do understand patience and they do understand develop development, the 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 words I've been using for so damn long. How many times year after year would people get mad at me for using the P word? Patience. How many times? I mean, people were like, we've, we've been, been patient. patient enough. Yes. But yes. No, I no, no. Underst- you have to but, understand, though, too. But like- I was never talking about the patience of like, hey, be patient with Velade doing the right thing. No, it was be patient with De'Aaron Fox's development. Mm. Be patient with, um, you know, the way that a coach is trying to create a culture. And finally, though, you've put basketball minds in charge and it allowed this process to speed up a little bit when you put the right people there and it's allowed De'Aaron Fox to take that leap in his game a little bit of patience though can go a long way even for this season them not making any moves at the trade deadline I know I would have loved to see a few tweaks because there aren't guys playing at the end of the bench oh 
Phone? Yep. Yeah, sorry. Kessler Edwards is on the phone. He looked good in 10 minutes last Kessler, night. Kessler, hey. Hey, are we going to see a little bit more of you? We'll talk about that coming cool. up. we got so much to get into, and I say that every time. That's beginning to be a crutch for me the Ooh, last couple of shows. Don't do that. What we do when we have crutches, we call them out yeah. immediately. We, we need a whiteboard in no, here. No, no. The crutches, you guys have to call it out, too, in the chat. Okay, what what, what was that crutch, though? we got so much to get to. Ugh, I mean, we got a ton to get to. You don't want to miss it. Ugh. Oh, it's... Hey, it's it's jam-packed. It's a jam-packed show. We got so much to get to. You two are going to stick around. All right, but seriously, stick around. Uh, we're always live. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Yeah, Morgan is seeking health advice from the YouTube chat. Great idea. Tina says no sugar. That is a great idea. Yeah, why? What? What's? What's your issue? Why are you talking to our chat like that? I'm just being honest. No, you're acting like you're above and better and you know so much about health, way more than these people. Lizzie you... lifts at 5 a.m. Okay. What do you know? Just you, what do you know? Deuce, right? I'm of on course camera, he thinks right? he knows all of that. I'm on camera, right? Yeah. Looking small there, bud. Okay. Yeah. We know okay. where that one goes in his brain. Yeah. yeah it doesn't, doesn't go feel anywhere. good. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, talking some Kings, some NBA. Uh, we do want to talk with you guys, too, at 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. Trying to find out what's the best story in the NBA this year. Let's go to Timbo. What's up, Tim? Hey, guys. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Best story is definitely the Bean team. And we're looking for awards that were going out. I think you said uh, some awards, or maybe that was it. But the best-looking team is the Sacramento Kings. Are we are we talking about on the floor or physically? Physically, physically, definitely. Yeah, I love Uh, it. Pretty sexy team. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I can't be the only one that's seeing this. Uh, Fox, he's so cute. The bonus, Stone Cold Handsome. And if we put if we put the Black Falcon up against anybody, he's going to win. He is Stone Cold good looking. Yeah. Yes, great and, smile. Great smile. Just good looking. And then we got the other guys. We got, we got, all the, we got the full cast of characters. Yeah. Best looking redhead in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The only redhead in the NBA, right? And the last thing I'd like to say is, Mo, you keep singing, girl. You keep singing. Thank and, you. Uh, you go. You can go a lot of places with that voice. And any any championship with Kevin Durant associated to it gets no respect. Okay. No respect. <laughs> I, I feel like I am in this small sector of the population that just – I like Kevin Durant. I think he's a great Wait, player. I'm with you, I too. I dig him. People give him crap about going to Golden State. If I played in Oklahoma City and I became a free agent, I could go anywhere. No, let's take a step back. You are really great at your job. And every great company in America says, I want you to come here and I'm going to give you anything you want. What are you going to do? 
You're gonna join the best one. Boom. People are like, no, you stay with the one that's, you know. Nope. You can win, but not win everything. They don't care about you at the end of the day either. Come on. They don't. So they I, don't. I, you know what? I respect that he did that back in the day. I, in one, super with you. I have two things really quick. Dante DiVincenzo, Blake Griffin, both red te- redheads. The other thing I was going to say, Kevin Durant. Oh, raising your hand. They're not redheads. Does anyone look at Blake go redhead or DiVincenzo? Yeah. No, no. Oh, you're talking. Carter is red. Okay, fine. He wins as hottest redhead Thank in you. the NBA. Um, but going back to Kevin Durant, too, I was on the postgame show with Kenny Thomas last night, and we had this Valentine's Day guard card about Kevin Durant, and he was like, I like KD. I, I'm like one of the few that like KD. Oops, I shouldn't say that. And I'm like, Kenny. <laughs> and he always does that on live television. I'm always like, just say it. No, and you're right. I like him too. I don't understand the hatred around KD. You know, I think sometimes people... I like him going back at people on me social too. media, to be and honest. I think like everyone wants this like super nice guy that is just like perfect on the social media world. I mean, why? because people crap on him all day. Why can't he go back at people? I love it. Yeah. Let's go next to our guy, Leezy's in the building. What's up, Leezy? Yo, Deuce and Mo, what's popping, guys? I just had a couple of quick comments today. Yeah. Uh, one, I'm from Oklahoma. I would not recommend it. Sacramento is a better <laughs> uh, landing spot. Uh, two, uh, Coach of the Year definitely should be Mike Brown. Mike Brown is twice the man Luke Walton ever was. Oh. Uh, <laughs> three, I, it does sound oh, like I'm a homer, but... Sabonis definitely should get some real MVP-like thoughts. Like, what he's been able to do for the Kings is legit. Uh, Going into this season, everyone was high on the Kings in preseason, but nobody predicted all this. And lastly, Mo, if you want to be healthy, just drink some Revitalite. Oh, I like it. I like it, Leezy. Thanks for the advice, by the way. All right. Uh, Leezy, a few points there. So he says Oklahoma City sucks and Oklahoma sucks. Yeah. I can't. I've never been. I've never been, so I can't say. I just heard a lot of Mountain Dews I being. I have been to Oklahoma. And? And I'll say when we had to drive from Oklahoma to Arkansas to see my family, I wish we stayed in Oklahoma. Oh, God. God. What was the other thing he was bringing? Uh, um, oh, Coach of the Year. Yep. Coach of the Year. Mike Brown right now, the Vegas favorites for Coach of the Year at this moment, Mike Brown and Joe Missoula from Boston tied. I- I I love that. I love that. And you look at Missoula and what he's been able to do as a coach last minute, last minute, getting in. He's technically still an interim head coach, right? Uh, maybe. I think. Is I, he considered an interim? I swear I've heard a broadcast say that he's an interim head coach. Um, he's I don't. Thirty four. Yeah. Was, yeah. He's technically still the interim okay. coach. I mean, Which there's, so, there's no way Adoka's coming back. And there's no guy, way. Like what? I don't know. That's interesting. And how would he not just become your head coach after this? How? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a great question. It's a great question. I mean, I think. How are you even like hesitating? Because I think that you can make a case that Brad Stevens would be like, look, we didn't have time to do a full coaching search. We have one of the best teams in the league. Like, I want to talk to some guys. And I'm not saying like he they should do that. And maybe that's the wrong play. I'm just. And this is why okay. you guys never, never let, never be loyal to a company, a team, or anyone because they are not loyal to you. Do you hear that? Missoula is doing amazing things and is still the interim head coach. And I'm not criticizing him. I'm just being not. honest about like if you are Brad Stevens in that front office, 
right before the season, all that stuff goes down with Udoka, and you're like, we got to do something here. We don't have time to conduct the coaching search. Ah, Missoula. You want the job? Number one in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I, I mean, yes, yes. It's a very good team, too. It's To absolutely. me, they are the favorites to win it all. They're, and he deserves a lot of credit for keeping it together. Thank but, you. I mean, you are walking into an unbelievable... I mean... Absolutely, I, Again, Deuce. you... I think he's probably going to get the job. I do. I do. But hear, hear me out for a second. Hear okay. me out. You can make a case. Like, Luke Walton won games for the Warriors, too. He did. When Steve Kerr was out. He did, but didn't he have to come in mid-season for that as well? Like, it was yeah, mid-season. Like, it was a This huge was the chunk. start of a season. You have a season where you're playing in a conference where underneath you, you have the Bucks, an MVP in Giannis. Underneath that, you have Philly, an MVP yeah. in Joel Embiid. And you are on top with another MVP-looking guy in Jason Tatum. God, I almost said Jason Thompson. In Jason Tatum... And you are making it all work, even through the adversity, the injuries, the changes. You are making it work, Deuce. Come on now. Yeah, That's disrespectful I, if they go in that direction. It's, it's, it's not. The NBA, no, it's business. That's no, stupid. No, it's not that. But it's also you have to, you have to consider, like, do the, do the guys like him? Did Tatum and Brown, do they get down with the guy? I don't know. I'm not making a case against I, it. I'm just I know presenting. You're not. I know. Like, you can make a case that. Okay. I'm just saying it's a little ridiculous. Even that, it's like, where have we seen teams go when uh, a player doesn't like his coach? Okay, have fun, LeBron and the Lakers. But Brad Stevens' job, Morgan, since... And he's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. His job is to find the right coach for Mm -hmm. the team he believes can lead for years to come. Maybe Missoula is that guy. If the players get down with him, they have success... They probably have to keep him. But I'm sure in the back of his head, he's going, Stunned. I have a list of candidates that I would like to talk to. The disrespect. Okay. Not even from you. I'm just saying from the the, the culture, the coaching culture. That's <laughs> More- not sustainable. <laughs> Thank you. What is sustainable is us. We are on from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Coming up next hour, what's the best story in the NBA? Who's the MVP? Who's the biggest disappointment in the league and maybe with the Kings? We're going to hit that coming up next hour on Sacktown Sports. Yes, appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan coming up at one, by the way. First time we're having Hunter Patterson on from The Athletic. Going to talk some Kings with him. So we'll uh, get his thoughts on it. almost everything we've been talking about today. As we came back into the show, you were rolling your eyes looking at the TV. What happened? NBA t- today had a headline about the Warriors that said, Panic at the Frisco. That's funny. I like Wh- it. What's wrong with that? Okay. Yeah, that's oh. funny, but my bingo card thing was not. No, okay. no, no that was a try-hard no, no, no. moment. I'm like, glad we cleared that up. I'm, I'm glad. Both of them. No, correct. No, we cringe. Remember, we don't do that. Appreciate the YouTube chat, too. During the breaks, people are, you know, asking questions, just talking. We appreciate you guys so much for being here. If you're there and haven't hit the thumbs up, do it. Hit the thumbs up. It helps our channel grow. Morgan, we've reached the all-star break. The Kings... Seven games above 500. They will be the number three seed as we enter All-Star Weekend. They lost to the Suns last night in Phoenix, 120 
to 109. But because we have reached the point of the All-Star break, we're trying to figure out, okay, let's talk about some awards. Mm. I think we have seen enough games. The Kings have played 57 games. They have 25 games to go. We can give some Kings awards, some NBA awards. I want to start with this, and I'm curious to get people's perspective, whether it's on the phones, 339-1140, or in the chat. What is the best story in the NBA? Are you asking me right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's it's really hard to like separate yourself from the Sacramento Kings and what's going on there. You don't have to because it is the Kings. It has to be right. Like Morgan, this is a team that's been the laughing stock. They have not made the playoffs in 16 years. They have two All Stars. They're seven games above 500. They've been pretty consistent. They've had some fortunate yeah. luck with injuries along the way. They're fun. They've got a beam. It's good vibes. They're clearly the best story in the NBA. Okay, because I'm right there. And I think what's what's wild, you could put at second, you could put like maybe the Celtics after everything that happened at training camp and being able to face that adversity and then be the number one team in the East. But the reason why it's the Kings over them, because it's the underdog team that's having the come up and not the team that was right there last year kind of showing like, hey, we're still good enough to fight through this adversity. That's what makes the King story that much better. If Cam Thomas can continue his play, I mean, it's it's come down a little bit, right? Uh-huh. He wasn't going to average 40 a game. That'd be a pretty good story. I guess a, another good story from an individual, I'm going with Walker Kessler. Ooh. I mean, this guy was like thrown into the deal and the Gobert yeah. deal. He has been, as a rookie, way productive. In fact, probably more productive than Rudy Gobert and has been that impactful. He was a rookie in this deal. The Jazz get all these draft picks back. He is kind of that last. Oh, they also got Walker Kessler. You Throw know, him the, in there. That big white center. Yeah. yeah. They got Walker Kessler. He's been awesome. He's blocking shots. He's rebounding. He's doing all the things that they like from Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Seven-footer that is active, that is young, that is cheaper. I mean, that is such a fun story, especially – the reason what – what makes it that much more fun, though, Deuce, is the drama within what mm, the trade was, I right? I love drama. I love drama. You love drama. Thank you. And uh, I think that's what's made the NBA and some of these stories that we're going out and some of these angles that we're talking about right now so fun is because what led to those moments. And this is truly that blockbuster trade that went down. The T-Wolves trying to make me believe that something great was going to come out of Rudy Gobert and Cat being on the floor together. And instead, you got a guy in Walker Kessler who's just killing it. My other candidate for best story, just yeah. in general, you know, sometimes we get focused on team, big picture. Uh, Drew R. on our Discord had this one, and it, I, I like it. Just the wild, wild west. That's cool. Yeah. The West has been insane this year. Yeah. The fact that there are so many teams just in the mix, I think that's been the best part of the NBA. You know, I think there was a lot of criticism about the play-in tournament when it was enacted. It's like, God, how many teams are going to be a part of your playoff, you know, the chance to playoffs? I think it's pushed teams to choose a path. Do you want to push for the playoffs? Be competitive. This is better for fans to have this many teams in the mix at the end of the year. It keeps engagement. The West every night has been changing, flip-flopping like crazy. I think the West has been an awesome story. Yeah, the Western Conference as a whole, because how many of us in the beginning of the season were like, hey, 
the Clippers. They're 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 the best. They're going to come out of the West. Um, they got Kawhi. They got Paul George. And then you started having the the whole Kawhi Leonard story unravel, where it's like, oh, he's actually not ready to play. Oh, he's going to play one game and then not play for a few weeks. Now he's starting to put some more games together consistently, um, and you've seen them play a lot better, and that's where things... But that's the other angle of all this. That's where it gets scary. And that's where also you don't want this around the NBA because you don't want teams to look at this situation and go, yeah, play your best player when it matters most. When You ju- you just need to get them into the playoffs. But once you have them there, things are going to get good. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the chemistry around some of these teams in the West are going to be that much better than this squad. Oh, what, what do you think about Romans, guys? Uh, he says the best story in the NBA is the Lakers. Laugh my ass off. 13th seed. And they don't even own their own pick. That is pretty good. It's so good it's anyone i love seeing them just crumble earl in the chat says uh lowry markinen deserves some love for biggest uh best story going back on the lakers being terrible yeah when the kings are in that four game losing streak yeah the one thing that made it better was the lakers were just as bad yeah yeah dude it was nothing to worry about right it's oh i watching them crumble and fall and especially with some of their fans that are just absolutely disgustingly awful it is so fun to see we need to get the biggest disappointment too the lakers could fall into that category but first let's uh hit up casey at 339-1140 you can call us there too what is up casey what's going on Deucey Mo? oh nothing much man what are you up to oh i'm just heading off to college getting ready for that test today you have a test today Dang right. Okay. Well, what's yeah? What what subject, man? It's uh, statistics and then anatomy after that. So good luck to me. <laughs> good luck to you, Casey. Um, so do you have the biggest surprise or best story in the NBA this year? It's the Kings. Mm. No one thought they would be this good. Who would have? I saw last night in your night chats, like people were so mad that Monty didn't make a move, like they're gonna win they're not gonna win a playoff series. Like were we expected to win a playoff series anyway? Just being here in the three seed with more wins than they had at this point than all of last year, this season's a success. Even even if they don't win a playoff series. I mean, I think most people projected if anything they would be a play in team. And Right now, they're on pace to be a playoff team. It's going to be a challenge. And I also, like, I was looking at this today, not to be a deucey downer here. Oh, here we go. I was like, when was the last time the Kings had 30-plus wins at the All-Star break? Okay. 2018-19 season, they had 30 wins at the break. The Kings had 32 this year. They were 30-27, and so they were 57 games in. Kings have two more wins with this version's team, but the Kings of 2018-19 Won just nine games the rest of the way out of those 25. <gasps> so, you know. Miserable times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no! yeah, that would be worst possible scenario for sure. But I don't anticipate that happening. So it's a long way to go still, but yeah. I'm expecting like mid-40s, maybe even closing in on 50 wins. Why okay, not? This okay. team is playing so well. I don't know about 50. You're getting greedy, Casey. I, I <laughs> 
If if I was your stats teacher and you're trying to project fifty, I would probably give you a C minus. I mean, we we deserve it though. I mean, we've had sixteen years of failure, and now we're seeing a team that can finally look like it can make some noise. So I know. Let we us be a little greedy. We want right. to be greedy. I appreciate Thanks, Casey. it, Casey. And it's it's so sweet. We deserve it though. No, no. We know, everyone around the NBA knows, Kings fans and the Kings deserve it, but it doesn't mean that's just going to happen, right? It's just, I mean, that's, it's tough to imagine yeah, anything I mean, they, around that. Just to be clear, for them to win 50 games, or push, they would have to go, what, 18 and 7? <laughs> and they're it's playing okay. the, the like, Suns I mean, two more times, the Mavs one more time. I mean, just to... The list goes on. Yeah. They've got OKC in yeah. there, Portland, yeah. Yeah. I feel like any team that you name, yeah, could pretty that, much. It now, if they did, that'd be wild. Woo! I mean. But the fact that we're talking about them on pace to win, like, the mid-40s, I mean, I thought that was best-case scenario this year. It doesn't mean I felt like going into the season, like, eh, best-case, they win, like, 44, 45 games. Wow. There's just a lot, I think, sometimes I don't get credit for. So then when last year, when you said that they were going to win a lot more games and you were wrong... What, why? Uh, yeah, a lot more. I said that I believe they could get over 37 and a half. Uh, that wasn't that ridiculous. And then you had to shave your head. Yeah, I did. And I looked great because of it. So oh. it ended up being awesome. Wow. Uh, this season, I did say that I thought the West from like 3 to 10 was a crapshoot. I projected this. this 3 to 10. I did. Okay. Go back. Go back to the podcast. You want me? I'll, you know what? I'll do that for you. Oh. I will I will put it all together for you. Where are you going to find this time? <laughs> I will make time when it comes to fu- to proving how right I was about something. Uh, that's so stupid. Do it. But my whole point is the Kings being like the fact that they're in this conversation with 40, 45 games is insane. Yeah. Do you think do you think that they'll actually get there? Do you think they'll be they'll end the season at 500? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. If, how wild. I mean they they would ha- they just have to win nine games the rest of the way to be at five hundred for the season. And if they won just nine games the rest of the way, we'd be like, oh, this is a lot like the eighteen nineteen season. Uh huh. Seriously, nine, nine and only 14? nine more games. Oof. That wouldn't look- that wouldn't be the best way to end the no. season. But um, but yeah, it's just wild to think about. I did a little statistical analysis. Oh, I can't wait for the Kings. Our guy Casey said that the Kings could should win fifty games. Just to put it into perspective, they'd have to go 18 and 7 for mm. the rest of the season. Isn't that crazy? Because I like said that. He said that out loud. Oh, did he? I was talking I don't about know it. how he did the math in his head. And when he was doing it, I was like, what? I, I, sa- I said it immediately. Oh, did you? Wait, yeah, Chris, yeah. but what is it? I almost it again? thought you were kidding. I, oh, you, you must have been doing it in that uh, that frequency that I could be You hearing. couldn't hear it. I was doing it in the, uh, oh, the bird, the pigeon frequency. You hear it? I thought I heard 8 and 17. No. Oh. You, you see, you don't hear it all the way. Your pigeon hearing is not good. <laughs> 18 there. and 7. 18 and 7 the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, and as as David would say in the chat, it's it's easy math. It's not that complicated. It's You say it's easy math. It's still like you're processing so many things in your head while doing a live show, and then you just like throw out that yeah. number, and it's like, okay. I'm, I'm brilliant. Hi. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, coming up in 60 seconds, we'll talk about the biggest disappointments, not only in the NBA, but how about biggest Kings disappointments? Oh, I don't like to steer negative, but we have to we talk, talk about some, it. Yeah. Let's do some more on Sacktown Sports back in 60. And Reagan, we have reached the all-star break, and we're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Join the chat. Hang out with us. If you're there, hit the thumbs up button. I'm Deuce. That's Mo. What's up, Mo? Hi. 
Uh, I love the chap dropping some biggest disappointments and one that I did not think of. What? Before we get to ours. Yeah. Patrick says Patrick Patrick says James Wiseman has to be the biggest one Ooh. in the NBA. Warriors let GPT go, GP two go, and then traded Wiseman for a hurt Gary Payton the seconds. Yeah, dude, that's that's some tough stuff right there. I mean, one, you just look back at that draft and you go, "What were we thinking?" Right? We were just talking about that at the break too. Of the someone said, "Poor Damian Lillard because he is in Portland, and you know we want." Dame to do better and he could have been a king and then we're looking back at oh who the kings could have had I mean there's teams all over this league that have that and with this James Wiseman pick that's one of them deuce it's so predictable though in so many ways like my question is what did you expect like what did you expect with Wiseman like what do you mean he missed like an entire year yeah he played three games in college yeah right like he was clearly not a prospect that was going to just come in right away and get buckets for the Warriors and be this high-impact player. And they drafted him, and then they realized, oh, this is going to be too much for us. You know, and it's like, well, then why did you take him to begin with? You should have gone with Halliburton or, or LaMelo then at that point. Not only Go with the established, more established player that could help you right away. Not only was it going to be too much for them, but, like, you you look at their system, like, they know how to develop guys. They know how to mold guys into what they, they want did. them to be. And They did. Now, I think it's, I think with uh, Kerr, no, I just think it's it's different. I, Steve Kerr hasn't shown me he could be a developmental coach. He has shown me he can be a coach that can work with guide what he's got. a great team. Okay. I mean. Uh, I think, I, I think, uh, let me, let me push back a little. I think. Knowing who Steve Kerr... Who has he developed? It's... Okay, it's not about developing them on... No, hear me out. It's not just about developing them on the floor. It's about developing them into a pro. Into a legitimate understanding what it means, what it takes to be that next level NBA player. And I think when you have so many winning seasons like he does, like even if he's not specifically the one as a coach that is developing this young person's skills, he is teaching that young player what it means to win in the NBA. And and that's very cute. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's important. No, 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 no. Because you're, you're like dancing around this. Morgan, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. What about them? Wiseman. Mo- Moody doesn't even play for them. Kaminga's like, playing? A little bit more. He hasn't shown trust in Kaminga. They Steve Kerr is in such a win-now mentality. Like They have not been able to figure out the balance of, we want to win now, but we got these young guys to bring along. They have not developed these guys the way they need to. Like The whole plan is you got Curry, you got Clay, you got Draymond, and then you kind of guide into that next phase. Yeah where those guys start to go down, but hey, you got these guys ready to go. It's been a failure for them. It well, really has. It, and that when you trade your number two pick because you're not patient with him, yeah. then you go get Gary Payton the second. I like GP too, but that's not, I mean. That's after like not cool. wanting or willing to pay him. But that's not, even, again, that's not Steve Kerr's fault necessarily. Like I'm sure he has a, a lot of say and a lot of power, but at the same time, you look at that situation. He's like, "I want that guy back in my system. Like he knows what we're about. He knows what I our get culture that part. is about." My point, though, is they have not developed their young guys well and that's enough, fair. And, that, and that's and that's a problem. Like, it, and this is where they they messed up. Is my point? 
is like, okay, if that's not your strength or you're not going to commit to really developing these guys, then you shouldn't have drafted them. You should remember when the Warriors had those those picks when they had uh, the Kaminga pick and Moody. What was that? Seven and fourteen in that draft. Okay. Everyone's talking about they're going to trade him. They probably should have then. They should have just traded for another guy because if you're not going to maximize or develop or anything like that, there's no point. And they clearly don't want to do that. And that that that's what's tough sometimes, man. I we Steve Kerr is a great coach. He's won championships, but we can also acknowledge like this is not a strength of his staff here and is developing young talent. And look where they had some of their most recent and best success, and that was adding someone like Kevin Durant, right? right. Like adding that established piece and being able to work that within your system rather than trying to mold and develop somebody. No, it's absolutely a fair point, but I also think my point is very valid on um, what the culture and standard he has set in Golden State. Um, Seeing Mike Brown come from that and learn so much from that is why I go back to saying I think that it's a great place for people to develop from that standpoint. But sure, maybe when it comes to having that trust and having a longer leash on the floor and getting those NBA minutes is not where when it's you're at. trying to chase championships, when you're in this with your window open, it's, it's a little harder to focus. You're focusing more on what do we got to do to get back to the championship? You're more focused on that stuff instead of development. It's challenging. I'm not acting like it's an easy thing, but it hasn't been great for them. Yeah, it hasn't so, been. So James Wiseman being one, one of the disappointments, the, yeah. I think people make the Lakers. I think to me, the biggest disappointment I think the Hawks are up there. I mean, you trade for DeJounte Murray, you get all that. Trey Young doesn't make the all-star team this year. They're kind of just hovering right now. Mm-hmm. It's a team that made the conference finals a couple of years ago. They're a big disappointment. I think Minnesota, for their expectations, oh. I, ne- I didn't necessarily think it was going to work, but you trade, you give up everything for Gobert. Everything. You got Cat. It looked ugly at first, and Cat goes down. There's still glimpses that they have a bright future because Anthony Edwards is a stud and a half. But they're still very murky with, like, how does this Gobert thing come together when Cat gets back? Do we trade Cat? They're one of the biggest disappointments based on everything they gave up to get Gobert and what they accomplished last year. There's a few disappointments. I, I'm totally with you on the T-Wolves and um, trying, <laughs> trying to act like having these two bigs out there with Ant was actually the the answer and the new way of the NBA. I believed it for a second. I was like, is there something I don't know about basketball and this is actually going to work? Um, No, it's not going to work. They're going to have to make changes again. It's a disappointment. Um, Two other disappointments I have would be the Nets and the Blazers. And starting with the Nets, though, uh, I would say because mostly you look at this whole situation of going from Harden, Kyrie, KD to Simmons to then Simmons, Kyrie, KD to now, then it was going to be Simmons and KD for a second, but then it wasn't, it was, um, it's clearly just just the whole era, like a huge disappointment. Uh Like they had championship aspirations at the start of the season. Steve Nash was coaching them earlier this year. Yeah. It's changed a lot. And I I don't, I feel like I kind of like their team now. They're kind of sneaky fun, but yeah. They're definitely one of the biggest disappointments. The Blazers, too. We got, we'll got. we talk more about that coming up next. What? 
nothing. That was just me because of a break. Ugh. Ugh. You're s- Ugh. screwing with my flow. Coming up at one, we're going to talk to Hunter Patterson from The Athletic. Talk some Kings with him. We'll continue our NBA awards. Talk about who's deserving of the MVP. Let's talk about Kings disappointments, too. That's straight ahead on Sacktown Sports. On Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes, Juice Mason Morgan, Reagan, live until 2 p.m. We got Cal's and Rami after us. We're live and local from 6A to 6P on Sacktown Sports, and you can get us anywhere. Yeah, you're driving around, listening on the AM dial. That's, that's cool. Really? No, we appreciate that. Yeah. It's cool. But you can listen to 96.1-2 on the oh, HD feed. There you go. How about the app? Download the free app, Sacktown Sports app. Yeah. That's how I listen. The Sacktown Sports app in your app store. And when you're at home, you're at your office, and you're like, hey, it's the middle of the afternoon. I kind of want to listen to something. Let me just go on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Sports 1140 and watch the show. I can have them on in the background. Maybe I chat a little bit and make sure to hit the thumbs up. You know how many people have told me? They're like, yeah, I, I've tried just putting you on the YouTube, having you be my white noise. And instead, I'm addicted. I can't stop listening. What I do to people. I'm a dick. I'm addicted to you. Great singing again, Morgan. Thank you. Um, we have reached the point of the NBA season. It's the All Star break. People love to call it the first half. No, it's pre All Star break. We have reached the All Star break. 57 games in with 25 to go for the Sacramento Kings. Seven games above 500 at the break. That's great stuff. We have great perspectives. Kings sending a whole bunch of guys to All Star weekend, including Sabonis and Fox. You got Kevin Herter in the three point shootout. And I think Simon's got hurt yesterday. Anthony Simon's got hurt. So yeah. maybe just maybe Keegan Murray gets into the three-point shooter. Let's push that agenda. 41% three-point shooter rookie. You've got teammates in it anyway. you got Halliburton healed. What better way to go Indiana versus Sacramento? you got healed and Halliburton going head-to-head with Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray. I don't care what you say. Not what you say. What anyone says. That's a fun angle. You thought I was going to say the F I word. I did for a split second. I thought you were going to say, that's an F ton of, I, yeah. Fun. Yes. It kind of sounded like that. It was um, fun. We've also been talking about, like, best te- best surprises, biggest disappointments. <laughs> Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Uh, biggest disappointments. We, we rattled off a couple of them. Uh, are the Lakers up there? They have to be, right? Absolutely. As long as LeBron James is... In the league, and there's teams or organizations around him actively trying to make things better to get him another championship, then yeah, it's a disappointment. They're, so, what the last time they saw something good was the bubble within like they had their championship year. And hey, let's be no, let's be real honest about don't it. Don't do it. Does it really count? That's stupid. We've no. talked to Sam Amick about this. The of Mi- course it does. The Mickey Mouse Championship is what they call it because it's not Deuces. a real championship. You're all kidding. That's honestly I, I am stupid. kidding because yes. I actually believe in some ways it was more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally. You, you did not have to travel. No. Being Truly. In a, although. I will say, I mean, Anthony Davis with problems getting injured. He was injured at the time. He got some extra time to get healthy. He did. He did. But also at the same time, just being in that bubble. Uh, Trapped. You say that, I think there's going to be an interesting documentary or book written about the NBA yep. bubble. It may be 15 years from now. That? No, but this is going to, maybe they did. But we're talking about like, yeah, 
maybe just maybe players, uh, certain players got away with certain things during the bubble where others did not. Huh. Okay. Well. Like the restrictions in place? No, I get that. Restrictions were a little different for um, media, maybe. Ew, that's how things are with like... Rich people get what they want. People coming into the bubble. Anyway, uh, biggest disappointment, so. Barf. Okay. Oh, biggest disappointment. I want to go to King's biggest disappointment. I think right now, to be honest, it's Davion Mitchell. And you know how I feel about Davion. Guy's a dog. He brings it. Yeah. Especially defensively. But, man, I mean, we've been talking so much about, hey, the Kings have a backup five problem forever, right? Who is a backup five? I personally think the Kings can solve that a little bit. I would try Rashawn Holmes more. That's a different story. But now, I feel like, in a way, the Kings might have a backup point guard problem. For most of the year, Malik Monk's almost been handling those backup duties. I yeah. know he's been playing with Mitchell, but Monk's been the guy that's been the playmaker, getting inside the paint, setting up the offense, running pick and rolls. Excuse me. Barf. Um, but Davion Mitchell last night, without Monk there, played nine minutes. His minutes are going down. It doesn't seem like he's got a lot of confidence with the shot. It also seems like he doesn't have... What's up? It was moved up to 10 minutes on the uh, court side. I think they rounded up. It was oh, 9 really? minutes, okay. 58 seconds yeah. or something like that. But <laughs> Yeah, so, um, uh, God. Whatever, 10 minutes last night. Yeah. And he, I know what he could do defensively, but, man, I just, I expected more. And I think that's one concern I have going forward with the Kings the rest of the way, the final 25 games. You're putting so much pressure on Fox and Sabonis, your two best guys, you don't have stuff behind them mm-hmm. that make you feel totally comfortable. And I thought, based on how Davion finished last year, even though it was like Fox is hurt, Sabonis missed some games at the end, there were enough flashes. You're like, oh, he's knocking down a shot. Okay, maybe he can function running a team. He has just not found his offense, his shot this year. And I just don't know if he's uncomfortable with Mike Brown's offense. There's times I look around the NBA and I'm like, if he was getting opportunities on other teams, would he excel? Yeah. And most times I go, yeah, oh, he could he could do that here or here. And you see what he is as an elite on-ball defender and how valuable that can be at times, not only here in Sacramento with this squad, but you think about what he could do with another team with that type of defense. But um, offensively, you see, like you're saying, those – flashes of confidence of I got this of oh hey last game I wasn't aggressive enough so now I'm going to try and be more aggressive and get to the rim and try and finish this one off and I love that he is so coachable I love that he would do anything for his mental health his physical health to be the best you can't even try to be the best if you're going to only get 10 minutes of play but at the same time if you're only getting 10 minutes and that's your role yeah. you have to be efficient you I have to fair. find a way i think that's fair that he is a guy that has struggled to adjust to the minutes mm-hmm. right he's playing way more minutes last year and now he's coming in and he's in for like three minutes like last night i think he came in i should double check here Nice. Uh, he came in at the 550 mark of the first quarter. Okay. He came out at 254. Wow. I mean, it's just not, it's not it's a lot of a, time to yeah, then, get going. Then, then in the second quarter, he came in at the nine minute mark, out at the 622 mark. You know, it, 
third quarter. Comes in at the 4-10 mark. He's out by the one-minute mark. He's playing three-minute stints. And if you're a rhythm player, if you're a guy that needs to get into the flow, that's mm-hmm. tough. Now, you know Fox is going to play the majority of the minutes. But also, Davion, in those minutes, he's getting opportunities to knock down shots. He's not knocking down shots. He's getting open looks. He's not knocking them down. And I feel like it's wearing on him a little bit. I thought one of the games that jumped out to me big time last road trip was the game when the Kings lost to the Pacers without De'Aaron Fox. Mitchell got the star. Dillavadova was backing up oh. Mitchell. The Kings, from the 526 mark of the third quarter for the rest of the game, did not play a traditional point guard. It was Davis back there with Monk, Herder at times, Monk again, Delhi, and Mitchell did not play the rest of the game. And so I, I just I just thought two guys that I expected to be impactful this year yeah. off the bench, just because like Mike Brown's grittiness, defense, and Mitchell and Holmes. And both those guys have been disappointments. And and I'm not even saying it's because necessarily of them. There you go. I am convinced Rashawn Holmes is a good NBA player. I agree. I am convinced that he can go somewhere else and be productive. I think he should be productive here. We've seen it here. We've, We've seen, seen it, it here. here. And I know last year was not good for him. At all, but I just watch sometimes. I'm like, they have an issue at five. Metsu has not been the guy. Lyles doesn't work against all fives. It's play him. It's gonna. It's with these two. It's truly gonna be situational for them and where they end up in this league. And I say it like that because I don't even see a future with both of them being here with the way that Mike Brown is going about playing them and putting them in that rotation and I mean a lack of putting them in that rotation and it's no knock on Mike Brown it's no knock on them and their ability to play the game this is just sometimes how it works around the NBA and I know you can go look at the whys is that the motion offense does Davion Mitchell not know how to create off the motion offense I would say he he doesn't seem like he at times has the ability to be that leader and create and or be creative off and off the actions, right? Like and just make a quick decision without it being what you're being told. Here's what I don't get. Maybe this is me being naive. Okay. And I understand that they have certain things that they want to do offensively in the motion offense. Quick decisions, movement, off ball movement, all of that. But it's can, can you adjust sometimes? Like, hey, all right, we got Sabonis. There's no one on our roster who can duplicate what Sabonis does when we go to the bench. Yeah. Maybe it could have been if you got Plumley a little bit, right? Someone who is more known as a big who could pass. Sure. He's not here. So when Rashawn Holmes gets into the game with Davion, we're going to do some more pick and rolls. That's right? it. Like we're gonna adapt. Run, we're going to run some different stuff. Yeah. Like the best coaches to me evolve based on the personnel behind him. Like Greg Popovich had a certain system when, uh, when he first started with the Spurs, right? They ran a different offense. Well, that 98 team, that San Antonio Spurs team, yeah. that one and all lockout year, looked a lot different than the team that we saw go back to back final appearances against the Miami Heat, right? San Antonio, their offense was so fun, moving the ball around. Totally different teams. It's based on the personnel you have. And I understand you have a whole system that you want to implement, and I think you could still do those things offensively, which is move the ball, quick decisions, but run it different when those guys are in. Highlight their strengths. Like Rashawn Holmes was lethal in pick and rolls with that floater, and you're telling me he can't play anymore? Right. That's what I understand.
All right, we can talk more about this stuff coming up. If you guys have thoughts in the chat, chat away at youtube.com slash Sports 1140 Also, hit us up on the phones, 1-800-920-1140. It's Juice Mo on Sacktown Sports. Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan, live until 2 p.m. Pacific time. That's when Cal's and Rami take over. They had a great interview earlier this week with Mike Brown. You can check that out at SacktownSports.com. We need to pump that up more. I don't think we do that enough. We do that on this show. SacktownSports.com yeah. is a great spot. Frankie Cardicelli is busting out so much Kings content. Killing it. And he and Chris Watkins are going to Salt Lake City for NBA All-Star Weekend. They leave Friday. They're going to be on our show tomorrow. I love that we get them the hour before that they mm-hmm. leave to All-Star Weekend. We get to ask them all the hard-hitting questions like, what are they going to eat? Where are they staying? Is your mom going to be paying attention? Thank you. That was the other thing. Frankie, Frankie is your mom watching? What's your mom up to this weekend? Is she Frankie, going to be with she, you? Yeah, is she going? Like, Or yeah. is she going to be here? Yeah. Does she need company? A lot of questions. Company? A yes. lot of questions. So many questions. Yes. What were we talking about before the break? You wanted to go back to something. Ooh. We've been talking about biggest disappointments. We've been talking about biggest surprises in the NBA. We were talking about Davion Mitchell being a disappointment and Rashawn Holmes being a disappointment. And not so much because it's on them, but mostly because of um, them not getting the opportunity that we believe that they deserve. But at the same time, then if you look at the biggest picture of all of this it makes you disappointed at the trade deadline that those tweaks i keep using the word tweaks when mm. i talk about the trade deadline because that's all it would have been and you know it's i know they want to keep this group together and everything and i'm all about that life i i'm all about the patience and and the growing and the developing of that but at the same time when you make those tweaks before the long enough time before the next season, then you get to see what you really have going into the next season, well, into training camp. I would say this too, like keep watching the buyout market because the, the more I watch this team, when Sabonis goes to the bench and you got Metu in there, who's just not a shot blocking presence. He had a couple of plays yesterday where he just didn't get a rebound. I'm like, I know Nerland's Noel is not like the second coming of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. I'm realistic about okay. it. But if you're not playing Alex Lynn. Yeah. If you're not playing Rashawn Holmes uh-huh. and Metsu struggling at the five, get me Nerlens Noel. Please. Give me a guy that will alter a shot. When, just in those minutes, in those minutes when he's not, when Sabonis is not out there, that you could throw in there and go, all right, at least we can protect the rim, hopefully, and have a lob threat. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But that's, but it's yeah. like, it. It's not working out what you have now. So what's the biggest deal, especially if it's a low-risk move, right? Yeah. That's I how I look at it. A lot of people in the chat saying Kings for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, I didn't know if I... Did I say Kings? I'm a little confused by this. Oh, I also had some really important news. Okay. Um, it's about the All-Star break. All right. Um, so I just saw our guy, J.E. Skeets, uh, tweet out that uh, Vin Diesel will be uh, announcing the NBA All-Star teams. He'll be introducing the NBA All-Stars. On Sunday, February 19th. Why? Because it's not a team. It's family. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I've not seen a Fast and the Furious since I was in middle school. Oh, man. But Super Bowl Sunday, when that Fast and Furious 10 trailer came on, I was like, 
This is a star-studded oh, cast. 100. And it has like John Wick ridiculousness with yes. this trailer. I'm like, I'm in. I've, I'm in. I've never seen a Fast and the Furious. I will see that one. There were cars time, flying. Time, 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 You're telling me like peak middle school? You that? I mean, that was a huge movie. You did not watch Maybe? that movie. I don't remember it. I got, say, I got into the Fast and Furious late. See, yeah, I don't, I, I just don't remember. I, maybe I've seen the first one I one. saw was five. Oh, because I was <laughs> in love with Paul Walker, so that was probably what. Well, no, he was in that, wasn't he in a different, uh, like Blue Crush or something too, or some surfing movie? Either way, <laughs> that sounds about right. No, Blue Crush was the was Kate Bosworth, so that wasn't him. Hold on, though. Yeah, what? Why is Vin Diesel do? You're telling me so Vin Diesel is going to be like, and number five, De'Aaron Fox. How would he even say that? From the Sacramento Kings. Deer and Fox. Yes. Okay. You know what's funny? Are, are, is is a bonus on your team? Demidus. 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 So we're not a team. We're families. The line. One of the first oh, yeah. comments on on this tweet was, "I don't got starters. I got family." <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, why? I think what's going to trip people out is when people realize that Vin Diesel is like five three. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. No, he's gonna... he's gonna wear platforms. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Have you guys seen his breakdancing videos? Vin Diesel. No, I, I'm just Vin. This is so awkward to me. Why this is Vin is Diesel? Who cares? Breakdancing. What if he starts well, breakdancing and then gets up every time? He's like, I did see they got Ben Affleck to do um, the intros for the celebrity game. I was like, what? What is that? That's weird. or was it Rising Stars? One of those. I'm like. I was like, well, how'd they get him to do that? Yeah, he's married he's, to J-Lo. They're rich. What about that Dunkin' Donuts spot that they did? Um, Can I be On honest? J-Lo. Can I be honest? Can I be honest segment? Damn. Um, J-Lo, great acting. Ben, mediocre. Yeah, I mean. But okay. doesn't he have an Oscar and she doesn't? I do think that is it his That's for writing. Is it his movie that he's working on that looks kind of awkward? Where the, it's the like Jordans? The Michael Jordan shoe oh, one yeah. where it's like. Him and Matt Damon back together. How two white guys made money off Michael Jordan. Yeah. Don't miss it. In theaters soon. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious about the story of it because, like, it's Michael Jordan's parents in it and everything, whatever. But, um, yeah, for the most part, no. Um, Sorry. I'm so sorry, Deuce. What are you doing? What are you doing? I just have to look up Vin Diesel breakdancing. Oh. Yeah, you could probably wait to do that, too. By the way, we have Hunter Patterson from The Athletic joining us at 1 o'clock to talk some more Kings. Morgan, who's atop your NBA MVP race at this point? Uh, I'm going to give you the Vegas odds because okay. we're at okay. the All-Star break. Jokic is the favorite right now to be the three-top most valuable player. Uh, Vegas has Embiid second, Giannis third, Luka fourth, Tatum fifth. I thought the Tatum odds are low to me. Yeah, I, I can't believe I, he's fifth. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, wait, no Embiid? Second. Oh, yeah, second. So Thank you were you. distracted by um, Vin Diesel, but it Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Luka, That's, Tatum. Sorry, I thought for some reason Giannis was second. Obviously, I just skipped over Embiid. But um, I think... That's so weird to say, but I think Jason Tatum should be above Giannis. Uh, if it was m- my predictions, I, I, what? 
Giannis, the Bucks have won 11 in a row now, man. They're Dude. they're turning it on. Bucks. And Giannis has been awesome. Ever since they got a little healthy. Giannis has been killing it. Yeah. But I now this is so this is such a nitpicking thing. When you're looking at the other guys and what they're doing with their double doubles and the way that they're leading their teams as well, it's all great, right? You got a lot of MVPs in this league. Um Giannis's shooting percentages have gone down this year. And I know that's like not the again, that's nitpicking, right? Because there's so many other things that he's doing great to be a valuable so, player. Just to be there. clear now, I mean, he's shooting fifty four percent from the field. Last year he shot fifty five. Yeah. His career it's still above his career average of fifty three. Uh his three point number is not great. But that's gone down. Not much. Okay. It's kind of the same. His last ten games, nitpicking. Morgan. Yeah. Last ten. Thirty eight points. 13 and a half rebounds, six assists on 58% shooting, 32% from three. Give me Tatum. Give me Tatum. You want Tatum's last 10? I want 10? Tatum's well, last no, 10. No, no, because Tatum, Tatum didn't play last night. You know why? Because he hit, got his face hit, right? No. Why? He, they want some extra rest before the All-Star break. Why are you doing it like that? Why you got to be Get like that? Get out there and play. Uh, Tatum's last 10, if you want his last 10. Yeah. Uh, just under 28 points a game, nine rebounds, five assists. Uh, 42% shooting, 35% from three. Dude, so in those last 10 or whatever for the Bucks, Giannis dropping, averaging 38, 38. points. And, and they and won 11 in a row. Damn. He's killing it. Yeah. Well, that's I something guess... we can talk about with Hunter Patterson okay. on the other side, too. We'll talk about the MVP race in the National Basketball Association. And we'll talk about the Kings. Project their last 25 games. How mm. are we feeling about them? We'll talk mm. to Hunter Patterson from The Athletic. That's straight ahead on Deuce and Moe. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan, we are live each and every day, Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. Pacific time here on Sacktown Sports. Make sure you're checking out the YouTube feed, too. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. And let's bring on someone that we have not had on the show. Yet. No. I don't know why we haven't. I, why, I, yeah, I might why? blame you for it. No, this was my idea. Oh, oh. This was my idea. You know what? It was your idea. Yeah, thank you. Damn it, damn it was your idea. Yeah. Let's bring on a guy that is super talented, and he works over at The Athletic. He's been in Sacramento a lot, checking out the Kings, what they've been doing in Sacramento. Let's welcome to the show for the first time, Hunter Patterson. <laughs> That's a hell of an intro. I appreciate you guys. Of course, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? We are good, man. We appreciate you hanging out Seriously. with us. Uh, we're at the All-Star break, so we're kind of just kind of... All right, what what have we just witnessed the last 57 games, talking about, like, biggest surprises in the league and talking some Kings? Um, if I would have told you before the season the Kings would be the number three seed, uh, they'd have two All-Stars, they'd be seven games above 500. If I told you that before the season, would you have, like, laughed at me? Probably. I definitely would have thought that you might have been a, a bit overzealous in, yeah, that, yeah. in that estimation. But um, it's, it's great to see. I figured they had a shot at least. Um, with a fresh start in Mike Brown to hopefully be in the top half of the Western Conference, but I definitely didn't expect top three. How long have you been really keeping track of De'Aaron Fox in his game? Did you think 
that he was going to take this type of leap this season? Um, Not this season, I would say. I didn't know when it came or when it would come. Um, but for me, I, I definitely enjoyed watching him at Kentucky. And I figured with the athleticism that he has and the way the game is played now, he at some point would put it together. Um, but I, I didn't know it would look like this. Yeah, it's been wild to see that type of leap. Yeah, and it it just it does show you that like yeah you have to find ways to improve on your own for sure, but you do need things around you. And I think sometimes we just look at these guys; they have talent, they're going to be good. It's like no, having a coach that instills confidence and account- accountability helps you. Having talent around you helps yep. you. You you need a, a bit of everything, you know? Right, and I think with De'Aaron too, you see he's roughly been a twenty point plus guy at, at least every year in his career. Um, and if not, it's been around like 17, 18, I would say. And um, for him, it it's always been there, but it hasn't necessarily impacted winning the way that it does now. So um, I, I think credit Domas, credit um, all of the, the pieces around De'Aaron and, and Mike Brown as well. Yeah, do you, that's something that we always talk about. We're always like, we want to give credit to him, his maturity. I mean, watching him grow over the years from being 19 year, years old to now. And right. then we just talked about it with Mike Brown, you know, setting the standard, this culture. And then you just talked about it. Some of the other guys, Domas Sabonis, um, mm-hmm. obviously having a vet in Harrison Barnes around with some of these better pieces around. It's got to be the roster construction too, right? Right. I, I think it has a lot to do with the construction and then the way that the system um, plays to their strengths. So uh, I think that this is by all means a talented group, but I think uh, the DHOs, the way um, they have so many guys who can come off pin downs. And now you see even Keegan's able to create when he's, he's uh, like driven off the three point line. So I think the system really benefits um, and, and, kind of like accentuates their strengths. And Keegan had six dimes last night, too. He played 20 minutes. I was surprised he only played 20 minutes, but six assists last night. So wow. it's good to see him get that going. Like, what what have been your impressions of, of Keegan Murray through this first stretch of the season? Yeah, I, I watched him a bit, too, during March Madness last uh, college basketball season. And I thought at the time he was – in college, no doubt, a three-level scorer, but I didn't know if he'd be able to create off the bounce as well as he's shown throughout the season. Um, so it's it's been really fun to see his progression. And I remember one of the post, post-game press conferences, Mike Brown essentially was saying that Keegan can create his own ceiling. Um, and the more that he shows initiative and, and a will to score and create, the more leash that Mike is going to allow him to have. So yeah, um, the sky's the limit for him. You brought that up, too. Mike Brown was uh, on Cal's and Rami, the show after us, and he was just talking about how much he wants Keegan to be more aggressive, not just just yeah. going at guys, but also just right. getting yours sometimes. And I think Mike almost holds him accountable with playing time now, where it's like, hey, if you're not, if you're going to be out there and not be, be aggressive, passive. like, you're not going to play. Right. And I think in that role, too, um, Deuce, you mentioned his minutes last night, and Throughout the stretch, we were or down the stretch, we were kind of seeing um, TD get get some of those minutes, and I think it, in the way that TD plays, you can see that they have kind of like the same incentive. Like, okay, if you you're open, you shoot, 
you you hit those shots, you stay in the game. And um, he's kind of capitalizing on things that Keegan could be doing as well. Yeah, let's talk about the bench for a little bit. And let's talk about the good mm-hmm. before we get to some of the bad of the Kings bench. But um, you talked about Terrence Davis. He's really stepped up with Malik Monk being out. But right. has Malik Monk's presence this season surprised you? Or was are these your expectations of what Monk was going to bring? I think he had this uh, or a similar role, I would say, with the Lakers last season. But um, again, just the way that the Lakers season went, I, I think, again, the impact on winning is making it look better or, or there's more of like a magnitude to the way that he's playing because the team is winning. And um, as far as like the impact he's having too, I thought Davion might possibly be able to mature into more of a scorer off the bench, but he's kind of Malik has kind of alleviated that, that need. Yeah. And I feel like it's, that's almost hurt Davion too. Cause we've been talking about Davion and how like, it might've been one of the bigger disappointments. Not necessarily it's all on him. It's just like the fit is weird. You know, at the end of last year, he's got the ball in his hands, especially mm-hmm. with Fox right. out of the lineup. He's making all the decisions. He's being able to attack. But when he's out there with Monk or even with Fox, like those guys have the rock. And mm-hmm. I think that's been a tough adjustment for him. And just playing like these short stints where, mm-hmm. you know, he played just under 10 minutes last night. Right. And for me as a former overthinker on the court, I think um, it's, it's pretty apparent mm-hmm. that he's – in his head a bit sometimes like he passes up on open shots there's and he's extremely quick there's times he could probably take people off the bounce more than he does so um i think he might just be in his head a bit about what his role is so yeah do do you think it's more it's like that's where you're going here i thought you're gonna go with he he played. He balled, dude. Well, I, w- I wanted. His... I wanted to get. I was gonna kind of tie that in. I was about to look in. up his max preps. Because no, here's here's my thing though, Hunter. Like even when you were on the floor, was it sometimes <laughs> not being that selfish player that got stuck in your head? Um. Yeah. And then there's also too like if he knows that his run might not last more than five six minutes at a time, he might mm. really shy away from making mistakes, which can kind of like um, hinder who he really is as a player. Yeah, I I I I can see that. You can see him almost wearing that on his body language sometimes because you talked about the way that he's able to take someone off the dribble with that quick mm-hmm. first step at times, you know, with that little crossover. His handles have gotten better and better, but he chooses to sometimes be robotic and run through the actions off of this motion yeah. offense rather than starting right. to just think for himself. Yeah, and it, I mean you can see he's essentially out there to play defense and initiate sets on offense. Um, And so he, like, I would never want to say you're playing four on five, but you know defensively, if you've read the scouting report, that he's not looking to score too often. Mm -hmm. And that's a challenge. It sure is when you Um, need someone. I guess going to the last 25 games of the season, like what what are your kind of biggest concerns with this group? Um, I, I guess Davion could be up there. I, I feel like for me, it's still the backup five and maybe even the backup point guard spot. Yeah, you you pretty much hit on both of them. Um, I think last night, probably the most glaring weakness was the fact that there was no one to score when De'Aaron was off the court. Um, so things can kind of get stagnant a little bit and, and then that puts more pressure 
on De'Aaron to play more minutes throughout the season. And you definitely don't want to um, wear him out before he gets to his first playoff appearance because he doesn't necessarily know what to expect yet. So um, I think that might be a concern too. I would hope wearing to I honestly have forgot Domas basically has like a broken thumb. Um, so <laughs> insane. Yeah, these guys can like wear and tear outside of the two things that you mentioned um in, in backup point guard, backup center. I think wear and tear would be my biggest thing because they've been pretty pretty lucky so far with um health. You know, I, I keep I know whenever we talk about wear and tear with this team too, I'm kind of in this boat of like, hey, get there, show them what the wear and tear will be in that first postseason run in 16 years and ever for some of these guys. Show right. them, make them feel what it would be like and what type of conditioning that they need to be in. Now, it's not only on them to be in that type of conditioning. It's obviously on your coaches and time management and understanding where you need to to be playing night in and night out. Um, but I think that goes to, too, when you look at the trade deadline and these tweaks weren't made, if you're not going to be playing or trusting Davion Mitchell and Rashawn Holmes as backups, mm-hmm. then why didn't the Kings make the the necessary tweaks at the trade deadline? Um, I guess they they felt that uh, – well, I think they definitely think they haven't hit their ceiling yet. So they want to kind of let the guys mesh and continue to kind of like find that that well, multiple cohesive units to put out there. Um, me personally, I definitely would have been more active during – or before the trade deadline. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean – it's you kind of wish they did have have more i personally kind of wish they had another person who could create on their own because there's only a handful of people what would you have done um at or before the trade deadline like in your in your oh, if he's the gm gm yeah, yeah, he's got to make GM. the call yeah, 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 yeah. throw my gm hat right now yeah. would, uh, it's one like one of the people i really liked uh was jared vanderbilt because yeah, yes he's, yeah really young um, he's not super offensively gifted, but he can defend almost like one through five. And, um, he can't, I mean, I think also too, I was watching, um, he was, he got moved around a bunch, but he was with Utah previously. Right. Yeah. Utah, Minnesota. Yeah. Right. So, and like he, he offensively cuts really well. And I was kind of like pairing him up with Domas in my mind and thinking about like all the cuts and phos and things but um he was the main person i would have liked yeah yeah i think we're we were kind of in that same boat of like you know you didn't need a big name you needed a a, mm-hmm. a long that's why i still go with like the bio market a little bit i was just bringing up nerland's noel i'm not acting like he's some crazy you know stopper but no. at the same time like mm-hmm. look you're not playing rashawn Yep. It's clear he's not. He, Which to he, me, that is, that's like, I, he had a really good stretch and I'm, I was kind of expecting to see more from him. Yeah. That, I don't, I don't <laughs> get it because, I mean, go back to that Lakers game, that road game where Sabonis yeah. is out. The guy had 16 and 10. They won. He wins defensive player of the game. And I, I remember that night I was doing TV with Morgan. I'm like, Morgan, like he, he's going to get more minutes now. Like mm-hmm. you, you reward that. You've been searching at the back of five. Then Sabonis gets back, and it's like, oh, he's not really playing. You're like, oh. like, And I think that 
crushes a guy's confidence. I think that, and I understand, like, I give credit to, like, TD and some of these guys for being ready when their name's called. But at the same time, like, hey, coach, you asked me to come in and step up. Not only did I step up, I gave you a double-double. We won the game. I was impactful in the game. And now I can't get in the rotation? Yeah. And um, I I don't know, because Morgan initially had brought it up, and I was thinking, like, damn, it it would be good to see more minutes for Rashawn. But even... um, like shouts out to Keon, no, like obviously no slight to him, but if there's people who can, like you can find minutes for them, even like who knows, maybe Alex Lane could be hot one game and you could throw him in there. Totally. So um, there's, I think, very capable people on the bench who just may not have had their opportunity. I agree. And Hunter, that's... like last night though, even, right? Sorry, really quick, because you just brought up Alex Len. It's like you're going up against DeAndre Ayton, and then you're just going with Chemeze Metu. Well, and they activated Kata for that game. Like he was he was with the team. You know, so yeah. you, you Ayton crushed you last mm-hmm. night, right? And when Sabonis went to the bench, you know, you, you go to Metu instead. And it's like, look, the three guys who did not play last night were all your bigs. Holmes, Len, and Kata. Mm-hmm. And that was where you probably needed the most help. So um I don't I don't know. I've I've definitely watched games and noticed things where, where bigs are on the opposing teams or grabbing a bunch of boards, like offensive rebounds are issues, and I'm very curious about why certain people aren't getting a chance. Yeah. Frustrating it's, at times. It, it's well, weird. Yeah, it's just more interesting. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to why. And Hunter, then I'll ask you this: Then, when you look at Mike Brown as a coach, we can talk about all the great things he's done. But when you look at his rotations, are are you just as confused as anyone else, or do you feel like there are just so many coaches around the league that have their ways, or and or if there were other pieces and tweaks that were made at the trade deadline that he would actually be testing them out in the rotation. Yeah, I think he's said it a lot, but I think he really is, like, especially earlier on in the season, I think that we talked about second half of the season. We may not see sporadic lineups the way we did in the first half just because I think he was genuinely searching for some things, possibly knowing ahead of time, too, that there wouldn't be anything coming at the trade deadline. Um, So I think he's really trying to be creative and throw a bunch of different things out there. But um, there are some times where I'm I'm like, I probably wouldn't have went with that five or but I mean, he's he's successful for a reason, too. So, yeah, I I think every NBA market criticizes a coach's (laughs) rotations. It just that's it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, why don't you go with this guy instead? I mean, it happens all the time. Um, before I let you go, I have a question. Do you think where the Kings are at right now, number three spot, mm-hmm. do you think they're in the top six when we get to the end of the regular season? Yeah, I actually, a um, friend of mine, he and I are having like a debate about that. Um, he's living in SAC also, and he doesn't necessarily think with all of the moves that have been made recently that they'll be able to maintain this standing. Um, And I am one of the people who think that they haven't really hit their ceiling yet. So I think that they'll continue to progress. Um, Why, why don't you think they've hit their ceiling? Cause I really think it all depends on Keegan. Like we've seen Domas, like Domas literally can't do anything else. He had like 24, 15, seven Um, De'Aaron. They're both all-stars. And I think, there is really another level offensively. 
um, and like on both sides of the ball that Keegan um, can reach and maintain that he hasn't hit yet. Um, so Keegan, by far, to me, is the biggest wild card. Mm. Yeah, and I'm I, with I you. yeah, we we talk about where Sacramento can take that next jump, whether it's later this year in the you know last twenty five games or next year. Mm-hmm. It's internal, and if Keegan can be take that jump, he looks. I mean, he's talking about a six eight guy who can shoot it. He's shooting at an elite level. Yeah. This is not like, oh, he's, he's shooting well for a rookie. It's like, no, he's 41%, just under 42% taking significant attempts. You know, it's not like on two attempts a game. And if right. anything, he could be more aggressive. Wait, Hunter, do you think he can take that jump? And what is it going to take? Like, is it a mental thing? Is it a physical thing? Does he just need to be coached differently? Like, what what is it for him to take that jump? I think it's really just on him. Um, and he's he is still very young, like, um, he spent a few years in school, but I know he's still in his early 20s. Yeah. Um, so that may not come this season. And I personally may be putting a little too much pressure on him for this season. Um, but we've seen those flashes where, and I'm not saying he has to have like 20 or 30 every game, but at least he's very capable of impacting the game really strong, strongly in at least one category. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, Hunter, I appreciate you hopping on with us for a bit, man. Yeah, I appreciate you all having me. I've I've been watching the show and Dude. Um, I keep up with you all when you're on NBC Sports and everything. So keep doing I, your thing. Hey, you too, man. I appreciate you. I mean, I we were a little offended. Apparently, you're in a group chat. Oh yeah, with Frankie, Frankie Cardicelli, <laughs> Chris, Chris Watkins, yeah. and, and Cameron's and, and like yeah, yeah. We so so we in. were just like we weren't invited, but then what we told them anyway that we didn't want to be invited anyway. No, no, no. So, oh. We wanted to be in, we oh, wanted to be invited, but, but we, we wanted, don't want, we don't want to be in it. No, we wanted to deny yeah. them too. Yeah. So we're, we're yeah, denying I, you. I, I didn't. I didn't create it. I was just added. Classic deflection. Great deflection. I didn't. It's not my party. I didn't. Can't you don't sound like a nice guy, Hunter, yeah, yeah, so I don't yeah. know. Well, Hunter, dude, seriously, thanks so much. We'll do it again, man. Of course. I appreciate you all. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Hunter Patterson works for The Athletic, young, up-and-comer. Yeah. And he's, he's really talented. Good for him, dude. I like him a lot. I know. And, I mean, there's so, many, there's so much talent at The Athletic, and that is why I pushed that. Um, this week to have another athletic guest. Yeah, I think the athletic is much like our show here. It's not like this, 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 this. It's a conversation, let you know everything. Like, like chill, a, chill. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, when I think chill, I think Deuce Mason. Hey, we are live! <laughs> hey, uh, it's Hunter Patterson! <laughs> so chill. So That's chill. so funny. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, was my intro for Hunter a little over the top? No, never. Dude, if anyone was introing me like that, I don't think they're weird until they ask me a weird question. The question is, will I end up doing that for like a, you know, dear and fuck. I would do it for Fox. I think yeah. for with Sabonis, I was a little gun shy. No, and I'm glad you did it for Sabonis as well. But yeah, no, the only, like I've had that, like when I was a guest on a podcast and then it was great, but then I realized, like, oh, you guys are just kind of weird because then they asked me about, like, my dating life and, like, um, and again, I was like, oh, is it because I'm a woman yeah. in sport? This is what we asked. Like, what are we doing? So that's when, yeah, no, you got to make sure that you're you're not a weirdo in all your other questions and then you can um, make sure to be, that was gonna be energetic. Also, shout out to the YouTube chat. Uh, Hunter getting some love. Aww. And I love it. It's not like all producers. They're like, hey, uh, Shay goes, thanks, Hunter. Hey, Mini Lamb says, peace, Hunter. Peace out. Awesomeness, Hunter. Yes. Great insights. Thank you, Hunter, from Melissa. Uh, Hunter getting rave reviews. Dude. Dude. Love it. Yeah. Kimberly. Awesome. Well, we've got more to get to on the show, but 
Morgan, do you understand what is happening soon? Oh, yeah. I do understand. The Highway Desperado Tour is off. September 21st, baby. And guess what? Deuce and Mo, believe it or not. Believe it. We have teamed up with Live Nation to give you a chance to win a pair. That's two. Two. A pair of tickets to see Jason Aldean on his Highway Desperado Tour at Toyota Amphitheater on September 21st. Get all the information on the contest at SackdownSports.com, and you can read Frankie Cardicelli there. But if you're caller six, let's ah. do six. Yeah, yeah. Caller six right now at 339-1140, you will win a pair of tickets to see Jason Aldean. So get on the move, you animals. We got more of the show coming up on Sackdown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Appreciate you being here. We have another show tomorrow. Then we're off Friday. Heads up, off Friday and Monday this week. But I think you have some people filling in. I think I heard one of the days Scott Marsh and Jay Mars will be in the building Uh. hanging out. So you'll have some live and local content. Taking care of you. It's our all-star. You know, as all-stars, you know, we need some time off. That's not... No. no. We just... It just... Just literally worked out Friday and Monday. Yeah. We need those days off. (sighs) So, I appreciate you guys being here, but Thursday's going to be a big show, too. In the one o'clock hour, we'll have another Kings Roundtable this week with Chris and Frankie before they depart. They're going to Salt Lake City for NBA All-Star Weekend, so yes... We will have full coverage of the NBA All-Star Weekend over at SacktownSports.com. Frankie and Chris will be there, and they'll be crushing it. I am so excited to talk to them tomorrow about what they're going to do in their free time. Or if they're going to have Can free time. Can I be time. honest? There's zero free time. Yeah. You've got Friday, the Rising Stars game. Saturday is All-Star Saturday night. You're going to go. Uh, there's three point shootout that Kevin Herter's in. Then you got the game, and then you fly home. It's you know, there's no time. I would appreciate it though if they made a behind the scenes TikTok of their journey. Okay. I honestly would. Well, you should talk to them about it. I hope. Are you they're... hoping they're listening and going? I've been waiting for Morgan to give me some instructions. Okay, let's go. Your instructions are create that TikTok, or you're fired. Morgan, let's... own it, honey. Yes, we're gonna honey. play a game called uh, "Let's Try Not to Tear Up." Oh. Oh, oh, I don't like this game. So the Kelsey brothers, of course, they went head-to-head in the Super Bowl, right, Jason? Yeah. Um, they did their latest podcast. Okay. And Jason Kelsey, who was seen crying on the field after the game. Yeah. Because right? <laughs> he lost. Yeah. What a loser. Uh, here's Jason Kelsey talking about crying after uh, the game on uh, their podcast. The moment I saw Mom is when I got really emotional because, man – it was so awesome. It was all right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it was awesome for you know she was on top of the world for for a week. She was the heavyweight champ, man. She was on top of it, and she shined the whole time, man. That was that was the coolest part. Mom, you absolutely killed it. Dad, you've been killing it. Yep. It was just so cool, man, to see uh, you know her get to celebrate in that with us. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. It was an awesome moment. 
just so happy for her and so happy that, um, you know, she got her moment. Dad got his. So, yeah, I was the only, ironically, you know, you, you lose the Super Bowl. And you're you're crying after the game. And they're not tears of sadness. You know, they're tears of joy. Morgan, Morgan's not, literally tearing You up are right too. Now. No, I'm not. Are your eyes glossy? No, I mean, I I would not hold back. You know, I yeah. don't care. I'm a, I, I'll cry. No yeah. problem. But yeah. Yeah, I just, I watched that this morning and then seeing it too. Like, there's just something too about, I know. Hey, guess what? If you're a guy, it's okay to cry. It's not a big deal. The but there, there like is still humans. something that gets me when you see like this big NFL guy, this big dude sure. just bawling. You're just like, oh man, I just want to hug you. Yeah, dude. Just, you're okay. But think about the emotions because we all assume things. Like, he was just so happy that his mom, like, who means so much to him. Got to be with her split jersey at the Super Bowl and see one of her sons win and and to be a part of that. How cool. Dude, and even for the other son, I mean, whether we, you know, Chris and I joke around and call him a loser. I mean, you're making it to the top of the top. Yeah. I mean, in the best league, in the best football league in the world, you are right there. You didn't win it. Your brother did, but at the same time, you're winning because your family's there supporting you, loving you to the fullest. It's, um, no, it's super special. I, I, yeah, moms are just, moms are so great. Are they? I, I would say yes. I would say, I would say, honestly, anyone, anyone that's fortunate enough to have a great mom in their mother figure, um, whoever you maybe identify as a mom in your life, like it's it's special. It's cool. They're, 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 they're like babysit. Like what do they do? What do you mean? What do moms? I I'm just not totally familiar oh. with. Are they? Hey, your mom. I'm kidding. Your my mom, mom put a roof. She worked at Del Taco and put a so roof over your head. Me. She mentally wasn't there for you. Emotionally wasn't there for you. And physically probably wasn't there no, for you. No, she was physically there for okay. me. Okay, yeah. but like I mean, at the end, of the, like. They no, and you don't have to give. Here's here's the some the the one thing I think people do with parents. Sometimes people are like, "Yeah, I raised you. I put a roof over your head." And it's like, "Oh yeah, no. If you want to be a parent, you actually have to be ready to do so much more. It's part of your job to to teach, to develop, to be there emotionally, mentally on so many different levels. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, if you see this new day and age in 2023, yeah, you're not just a parent until they're 18. Like you're a parent for the rest of their damn lives. The support is what you chose to do when you're choosing to have children. Thomas in the chat says, um, I haven't seen my mom since I last played hide and seek with her. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that happens too. It just... Hopefully they started today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to all the awesome parents out there. Oh, Appreciate you guys uh, being here. Oh, man. Um, another thing I-, I found today. Yeah. Sean Sharanio giving the Kings uh, sh- some love today. Okay, Sean. Sean Sharanio. Why do you call him Sharanio? Sean Sharanio. Did I just call him Sharanio? Sharanio Hall. Wait, Sean Sharanio? No, Sharania. Sharania. Yeah. Yeah, no. Here's Sean's on uh, his show and uh, talking about the Kings. 16-year yeah. drought. I think I think Kings fans like Eddie G are going to take a playoff berth at the very right. least. But Who I, cares? I think, Get in you know, there. When, when, 
When you look at this team, they've got a lot of assets moving forward as well. There, there was a sense even leading up to the deadline, how active will the Kings be? They have Harrison Barnes on an expiring contract. I'm sure they're going to look to bring him back in the summer just in terms of how important he's been to their culture and the fabric of what they're building. But you, we should continue to look at the Kings as a team that's, like Chandler said, they don't have the firepower maybe right now, but they have the ability, Monty McNair, Wes Wilcox, they have the assets there to go get real significant talent in the offseason and moving forward. So uh, m maybe not yet, but this team is definitely building and, and I'm sure making Kings fans proud. Ooh. Correct, Shams. Correct. Thank you, Shams. Give us some Kings love. He's like, um, hashtag Sacramento proud. I did meet him at the G League showcase. You did. And he was he was really pushing about coming out to Sacramento and doing a story on the Kings. Yeah. I mean, and someone introduced you as a multimedia superstar to him, correct? Why, that's how I introduced myself. Why are you mentioning that? <laughs> All right. Sports entertainer. You're damn right. <laughs> Coming up next, it's Wednesdays with Rami. Oh! Yes, Rami's in the building. We do that next. Coming Hopefully. up on Sucktown Sports. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Appreciate you guys being with us coming up at two. You got Cattles and Rami. Rami's in the building, too. Yeah, it's Rami Wednesdays. Rami. You're fine, by what, the way. What was. No. Yeah, no, you're good. Take okay. your time, man. I'm We're just hanging out. We're just going to turn your mic on, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yo, what was Rami like in high school, you think? Ooh, I, Morgan tried to appeal to everyone. I yeah, was trying to fit in with the cool kids, but I definitely didn't belong. Like, she was like... She I was, had a class of 25. Yeah. yeah she, he a class to, of 25? Yeah. Yeah. He, what? That's a daycare. He was not getting an education <laughs> at all. Can I guess what Rami was? Oh, okay. Sure. sure. The funny guy. <laughs> well, there you go, yeah. Class clown. Class clown, yeah. I was the class clown, oh, for sure. Go. Yeah, yeah, my teacher's... But my teachers, like, I wasn't, like, a class clown that the teachers hated. Like, they got it. You know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah. they would be chuckling while they kicked me out of class. Oh, Ooh. yeah. I was going like, to say, did you, you know, get in trouble a lot? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got in plenty of trouble. Um, I didn't get good grades till I had to. Mm. Like, okay. they, they were like, you're not going to graduate. I was like, oh. C's get degrees. <laughs> you were more than capable. You just were like, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, when I tried, I was fine. Uh, I just didn't try a lot of the time. But, yeah, um, yeah I, was a, I was a class clown, for yeah. sure. Okay. Um. I was the chubby guy. Okay. I was the chubby guy in the, the group. The chubby did funny you play, guy. Did you play off the chubbiness yeah. with jokes? Yeah, I, okay. yeah I, would, I was self-deprecating because that was the best way to like That's not a... let people, you know. Oh. No, but it's the best defense. Most comedians, they, there's darkness. There's something, yeah. right? There's darkness yeah, involved, sure. right? Yeah. That's part of it. But Maybe. if I've already made the joke about myself, you mm. can't make it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's my material. Who's laughing now? That you just used, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. th with that, like, who, who are your, like, favorite comedians of all time? Do you have, like, inspirations, um, or do you have, like, comedians that you just Eddie love? Murphy was, like, the first mm. He yeah, was the yeah. first, and uh, Johnny Carson. I don't oh. know. I'm, I'm older than both of you. Yeah, I know so. Johnny Carson. Okay. <laughs> that's what that's am wild I, stuff. What am I, 10? Yeah, it's like saying like Frank Sinatra. Like, you know who Johnny Carson is. Damn. So I mean, those I, were like the earliest influences. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, later, Seinfeld, Chappelle. 
Obviously, yeah. I love Bill Burr now. He's probably my favorite. Okay, going right now. Um, that's just a few. Wow. I mean, there are so many. He didn't say George uh, Carlin. That Tracy was... Morgan. Wow. Where's, um, George, where's George Carlin? I was never a huge like. I under wow. look. Oh no, here's the thing. It's okay. I understand the impact of a George Carlin. Yeah. I understand the brilliance of a George Carlin yeah. and the mastery of his writing. Like is is incredible. Yeah. He just wasn't like in my. He wasn't the funniest to me. Okay, like okay. laughs per minute. Is- there were a lot funnier guys for me. For my for my personal preference. That doesn't mean anything at all in terms of his place um, in the history of comedy. Comedy is an art form, and it can be subjective. Oh, I know. I know. I, I'm just having fun. Okay. I'm sorry. My bad. But I think like his his his. Just his brilliance is yeah. undeniable. Totally. Like, even if, he, if I, he's not my style, his brilliance is undeniable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. So, but that that's just, it's a matter, like like Mo was saying, it's a matter of preference and, and taste. Have there you go. been to, I don't know if you, have you been to the comedy store in LA? I have not, no. Ooh, no, I want to go. go. Yeah. You got to make that trip, dude. I have, I have a few friends out there, and yeah. uh, I do, I do want to make that trip. Yes. We went a couple of years back, and it was just... It was crazy the amount of talent, and you just there's so just so much history in there. I, you I just was gonna walk say, in there I, and I'd imagine it. it's one of those places where you feel it when you like you feel the history yeah. when you walk in the place. Like yeah. it just has a, an aura to it, a oh. mystique to it that you just immediately feel when you walk in the room. And then you don't know who's coming up to the stage, and then you just have like Anthony Jeselnik and Whitney Cummings yeah. and Bobby Lee, and you're just Bobby like, Lee, well, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I, and I wasn't even expecting it to be amazing, but yeah, yeah it was. That's so. the coolest thing about that place, from what I understand. And same thing with the uh, Comedy Cellar in New York. Like, mm. you just don't know okay. at any point, like... some. Somebody could be recording their special there on a given night, and Wild. you just have no idea that you're part of a live taping of a special, or or just some amazing comedian dropping in and trying some new material. Yeah, I need to I need to get over there. Um, Chris Farley's birthday today. He would have been. Oh. Was it? What have you been? Fifty nine today? Were you a huge? He, yes. Sixty to. Yeah. You guys were asking about stand ups, but yeah, he yeah, was yeah, probably yeah. like the guy for me. Whoa, like, yeah, she loved him too. Oh, you I know love, what's funny though? Oh. I was so young, and so for me, it was like really daring that I would go to school and say, "I love Chris Farley," and people were like. What does do you do drugs too? You know? <laughs> like, like no, he was just he was, like I mean him and obviously for me like SNL skits and Tommy yeah. Boy was like around that time when I was just like I mm. am obsessed. But- Probably the first time I like performed comedy. Um, my my brother is like four years older than me, so I was probably like twelve, probably still in middle school, and they were in high school and. They were doing things that people do in high school yeah. in their parents' basement that they probably shouldn't <laughs> be doing, you know. And I'd and I'd stand on my brother's bed and do Matt Foley, motivational speaker, like oh, do yeah. the whole sketch word for word. Um, and so that was probably like my first taste of like performing and people wow. laughing and me being like, oh. yeah, I kind of. I kind of like it. I like the attention. I, I like the I, attention. I like learning. <laughs> I want more of that. I love learning the background. Some of that of sweet, it. sweet attention. Don't you love hearing more about I his do. Like, life? How, <laughs> how many times did you sing Fat Guy in a Little Coat? Oh, Fat Guy in a Little Coat. I still sing it yeah, to yeah. this day. <laughs> to this day. I need, just give me a little coat and I'll do it for you right now. I know you're about to talk sports for the next four hours. So yes. I guess we can't ask you a sports related question. Sure. Uh, Kings at the All Star break. If I would have told you before the season, seven games above 500, two All-Stars, you feel pretty good. But no, how are is, you feeling about where they're at as we are at this the is beyond break. anybody's okay. – like, even though they lost yesterday – and by the way, they lost yesterday, and I maybe underestimated how scary the Suns mm. are going to be when way. they put the whole – like, I saw it last night, and I was like, oh, yeah, I, they're that good, and they're adding Kevin Durant. I think a lot of people – I think we get now a little – 
we don't want to get trigger happy when it comes to the big three or these big names. Put them together and it always works. We're always like, no, we've seen it not work now. So yeah. is it going to work? But then seeing last night what they're doing without him, it's it, going to be insane. It, 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 that was a little bit scary. But even with that, like I'm, I'm still I'm, – I think I can step back and take the 30,000-foot view and say this has been – a, a really, really amazing ride for the Kings to the All-Star break. And I don't think that there are, like, dark days ahead, like gloom and doom for this Kings team because they didn't move make a move at, at the trade deadline. There's still the there's still the buyout market to come. And I just think they're, they're a really good basketball team. And I think that they can hang around the top half of the Western Conference. I think they could maybe... They can maybe sniff around Memphis if if things go right. I'm you not going to get wild. I'm not, I'm not going to rule that out. I'm, I'm I, I feel really good about this Kings team despite the loss last night. Despite you know sort of a, a lackluster trade deadline, yeah. I feel I feel good about this basketball team. It's beyond anybody's expectations, True. obviously at this point. I enjoyed your guys' conversation with Mike Brown the other day, and so good. Cool. you know what I appreciate just how like real he is. Yeah, like. Even when you guys are asking about the defense, he goes, yeah, we're not good, and here's what we have to do. And even Keegan, I mean, he was very truthful about Keegan. Like, it's about being aggressive, but get yours sometime. I just thought that was very be, interesting. He wants Keegan to, like, be disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's saying. He's like, yeah. he's like, go out there and disrespect some people. Like, yes. you, you can do it. Go and dunk in somebody's face. Go and swat somebody's shot into the fourth row. You have the ability to do it. And probably coming from someone like Mike Brown, he can, you know, someone he respects, he can probably be like, okay, I need to be coachable and understand this and soak this in. Yeah, and you, like you were saying, Deuce, like the, he's he is he's always himself, yeah. which is something I always appreciate about people, and I think that's probably why he's been such a successful head coach. I think that I think that translates to to people wanting to follow you. You know what I mean? When they're like, this guy's. There's no BS here. Like he, he, what he's telling me is what he's telling me, and I can take it at face value. I react, I respond to that. Yeah, yeah. From from people who are supposed to be leading me and uh, and, yeah, and running the show. Brian, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you guys have coming up today? Uh, lots of Kings talk. Yeah. Obviously, right out of the gates, we're going to talk about how we felt about last night's game. We'll we'll recap the first half, how we feel about that throughout cool. the show, and that Suns team. And uh, and talk about that and lots of Trouble. other silliness. You never know what we're going to get into Ooh. on Cattles and Rami. Yeah, enjoy the ride. <laughs> Two o'clock. It's coming up next. You can watch at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Sacktown Sports app, 1140 amp. It's literally everywhere. 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 We'll be back tomorrow at 11. Stay tuned for Cattles and Rami. We love you guys, but we got to go. See